IO panel brought to you by Audible. Audible.com. Over 180,000 books to choose from. Yay. Mike, I just sent you a link. <laughs> nice. Wow, that's that's a great picture, actually. That's good. It uh, it depicts you accurately. He's <laughs> like, oh, shit. It's, a, it's like a ham bone in my mouth. <laughs> Almost. Not quite. There's something in your mouth. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the IO panel. We're in episode number 45, recording on February 5th, 2017. With us as always is Dr. Neil Blevins. Hey! How's it going? Uh, It's going pretty well. I had like one of the best weeks ever because everyone who I sent an email to uh, did what I asked, and it was really nice. <laughs> All right, just a little, just a little dig. Yeah, yeah. No, but, uh, it's been a quiet week here at the uh, at the Blevins household. Okay, fair enough. And James, James, how you doing? What's up, man? I'm good. What's up, man? I'm good. Uh, All right. <laughs> what you been up to? Nothing. Been in the house. That's a lie. You know, I mean, we went out Friday, but since Friday, I've been in the house. And what did we do on Friday? We went out for a bachelor party. Mm-hmm. A bar and plus added festivities. couple mm-hmm. drinks. Mm-hmm. A little, uh, went out for a date, some nice uh, dinner, drinks, and dancing. Yep. It was great. <laughs> Something like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what I heard. But yeah, overall, you know, good good weekend. Um, my neck is killing me. I don't know why, and my back hurts. I still don't know why. So too much torquing. Maybe, maybe I don't know. Your neck, your back, your what is mm-hmm. it? How does the song go? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, overall, good time. Good to hear. All right, all right. So let's see. First up. Delete Uber. So yeah, I heard about this. Um, yeah. So basically, I put this up early this week. Uh, this was over the whole Trump, uh, the Trump, um, what's it call it? Uh, the immigration, uh, terrorism ban, Muslim ban. I don't know whatever you want to call it. If I say Muslim ban, someone will get triggered. If I say it was just an immigration thing, someone will get triggered. So, his well, how, ban, his travel convenient. ban, yeah. So, yeah, his travel ban. So, people, anyway, basically, here's what happened. The cabs in, uh, I think it was in New York, they said, you know, the associated cabs, they were like, yeah, we're we're going to have an hour-long boycott. Um, because we have so many drivers who are stuck overseas and drivers whose families are there and things like that, people who are affected, so we're going to have a boycott. So Uber was like, fuck bitches, get money. Let's lower the surge rate. And uh, yeah. <laughs> Profit. Yeah, exactly. So basically, 
they cut the they lowered the surge rate, and of course by lowering the surge rate that meant they made them essentially like scabs, you know, and that's how they were viewed. So after that, some a guy and I don't know his name, but his name's in this in this article here. Um, uh, something, yeah, something of Donald, no, something of Sullivan, Dan O'Sullivan. He's the one who started it, and he said delete, delete Uber. And actually, it took off like fucking wildfire, man. So many people did it; it was crazy. And Uber's like kind of feeling the effects. Um, also, Uber's CEO is kind of you know he's on a advisory board, business advisory board with Trump, and people were pissed about that. And you know, even Uber's CTO kind of came out about that saying, hey, look, you know, because uh, the Uber CEO printed a letter saying, hey, look, you know, we're not for this, yada, 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 so on and so forth. The thing is wrongheaded, yada, yada. But it came out late and people said it was weak. It came out like around Tuesday or Wednesday. And people said, hey, it's too late. This is weak, yada, 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 so on and so forth. And then the CTO came out and said, hey, you should leave that advisory board fuckface. You know, uh, don't be such a douche. At any rate... I think it's a little overblown. Uh, like I said, this article is pretty early. Um, the Uber, Uber's basically uh, Lyft was smart. They milked it. They're the ones who truly milked it. Lyft did the same exact thing Uber did, but they're less well known. So people were like, uh, you know, no, no, no one heard about it. Nobody cared. Yeah. But Lyft did the exact same thing, and but Lyft came out like after Uber got blown up and said, "Hey, we're gonna give the ACLU a million dollars or two million dollars or whatever it was. I think it's a million. So um, they kind of came out smelling like roses on this, but they did the exact same thing. So there's no way to win, and a ton of companies are on that advisory board. Do I think Uber is like your brother's like favorite, like you know, fam the family business, and they care about you as a person? No, I don't. I think they're a bunch of fucking. I think it's just a fucking fucked up cabs cab situation that, you know, doesn't check his driver, see if they're axe murderers or not, and rapes you with surge pricing. So, do I use Uber? No. But uh, is Uber the bad guy here? No, not really. I I heard mention of this, and yeah, the, like the hashtag went nuts. But uh, I think like the next day, there was some some separate article where like, find out how many people actually deleted Uber. And it's like, Almost no one actually, but they were all in a you know a huge uproar. And as for the um, the CEO, like removing himself from the advisory council, it's all about how you react. I mean, he was doing that to like appease the masses. Yeah. And, and granted, it's different. But, but I'm going to use another example. People gave Elon Musk shit for being on the advisory council. Like, how could you be a part of that administration? He's like, look, man. I'm doing this so I can ensure that we go in the right direction. Mm -hmm. Fuck whatever. Yeah. You know, I'm here for a purpose. And that's what, that's what people don't understand. You know, the thing is when you have um, a guy like Trump at the, at the wheel, you've got to have a, a seat at the table. You know what I mean? You've got to have a voice. If you don't have a voice and you know what, if these guys use their money and power and their company clout to get a voice, like get a, to be able to whisper into Trump's ear and hopefully they're doing the right thing and making it better then I'm all about it. You know, like that, the tech edge is the only thing that keeps America strong. That's all we have left: tech and science. Yep. You know. Now, uh, this is not in the show notes. I don't have a link for it right now, but I read um, a short article about another executive order where he he signed to make the H one B visa minimum salary one hundred and thirty thousand dollars instead of its current sixty thousand. 
So at first I was like, Jesus, what's going to cost so much money? But actually what that does is apparently the H-1B visa, which is for when foreign workers can come over here for skilled positions at like a much lower salary than Americans would be. And that was constantly taken advantage of because, you know, you can get – I'll just use India because we've all had people from India on, you know, uh, the other side of the telephone. You can get someone to come over here for 60 grand a year where you'd have to pay an American like – 115, 120 or something. So by doing that, the companies really, really have to need uh, a foreign worker to come over here to pay them that much. Like they're not going to be able to exploit, exploit the, uh, the salary difference anymore, ah. which is actually good for American citizens looking for those jobs. Yeah, that's good. That's not bad. Yep. Here's the problem with that. Um, and I'm not saying this is all cases or any cases, but uh, Silicon Valley is pissed about that executive order because they're like, sometimes you can only find the the knowledge in India, you yeah. know? So I don't know if that's true or not. I mean, I feel like for every person, there's someone else who can do that exact same thing. Uh, I don't know. Maybe there's a work... E- now, is there a work ethic thing different in India? Probably. You know what I mean? In the high-tech fields, the work ethic's probably different. Americans are pretty lazy across the board and have bad work ethics, so... Um, you know, I don't know. Maybe that's why, but I mean, I think it's a good thing. We'll see. It will, you know, we'll see. Anyway, didn't I like uh, your wild, your wild, wide generalizations? It's true. (laughs) I know you don't I? Well, let's use ourselves as the, as the example, (laughs) as the, as the demographic. Two and three of us are lazy pieces of shit. Okay, <laughs> there you go. It's up two to the and, audience to figure out who's who. <laughs> yeah, two and three of us are lazy. Two out of three of us. You know, so I don't know if that's a, a perfect way to like you know say America, but I know that <laughs> I know a lot of lazy ass people with bad work ethic, and I know programmers in my well at my job who have like just a. I mean, I actually I've met a lot of programmers who just they don't have any drive to do anything unless they're told what to do. Like, there's no vision. There's no, like, oh, imagine what's possible. Like, none of that. It's just like, yeah, I'm a robot. Yeah, you know? I mean, the companies in Silicon Valley who complain that they can only find this type of knowledge in India, are, you know, that's fine. They can bring them over as long as you pay them 130 grand a year. Yeah. So it's got to be worth it to you, whether you invest in, you know, someone local and teach them or you spend $130,000, get it done. And then, you know, bring up someone else. Uh, I don't know. But I actually, it seems like a, a, a drastic move, but I it will probably be better overall. Just like, you know, closing loopholes. So. Did the, did the ban, did the uh, travel ban get uh, <laughs> knocked down? Yep. That's what at I le- thought. At least temporarily. I heard that. I heard mm-hmm. that it got knocked down. Yeah by some federal judge and then apparently Trump was like, who's this fucking guy, this so-called judge? Yeah, like, bro. exactly. <laughs> I will tweet blast this fucking clown, yeah. Dude, this whole tweeting thing is out of control, man. <laughs> Someone needs to like get a hold of this dude and be like, bro. He Apparently he won't give him their phone. He's like, no, that's my phone! Well, yeah, and he's, he's well, using he, they the... They uh... gave up the phone and then apparently got it back or he got an old phone back or we don't know what. Yeah, I heard he's using... um. You know, like a Galaxy S3 or something. Yeah, he's using a really old phone. So that's interesting. Yeah, they should have. Don't they have like custom phones for the president? Mm-hmm. 
It's like nothing will run on it except uh, like secure email client and like monitored cell service or some shit. Well, he's got he's got President Trump. Yeah. POTUS at POTUS. Yeah. And then he's yeah, got that's right. you know whatever. God, I'm I'm looking at this guy's Twitter feed right now. Oh, <laughs> it's it's awesome. Mm-hmm. Just cannot believe a judge would put our country in such peril. If something bad happens, blame him and court system. People pouring in. Bad. <laughs> That's yeah. what he wrote. Good times. Mm-hmm. But we're, we're doing exactly what the media did, giving him free coverage. God damn, man. In one day, the POTUS hashed, the POTUS, uh, President Trump, and this isn't even his you know personal one, Puts out it must be like fucking seventy or eighty tweets a day. Uh, I I would I have to assume it's managed. I'm using that. I'm looking at the the real Donald Trump one. Yeah, I was just scrolling through to see if this is the same one that uh, Obama used. Like, if I go back far enough, I'll find like Obama some some Obama stuff in here. No, no it's different. Because it's, it's been like, that's been archived and changed to another account. Yeah, okay. something like that. Yeah, he's okay. at POTUS forty four or something now. Yeah. Okay. Interesting stuff. God, this is terrible. All right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I love that. Mike's like, God, this is terrible. Oh, man. You know, so, son's name Baron. Oh, Jesus. Mm-hmm. So, a good thing or a bad thing? Go ahead, Mike. Sorry. No, let's, uh, let's just move on here. Let's go to the next story. I see the uh, creator of Pac Man. Yeah. Waka Waka. He bit the dust. Yeah, I mean, um, Messiah Nakamura? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he uh, died at 91. It's in the article. Not much to talk about there. Um, <laughs> Thank you for I mean, the recap. <laughs> no, he's a, he, I mean, you know, he's the man who created pa- Pac-Man. Paku Paku, you know? As we famously <clears throat> learned, it's called Paku Paku by, uh, you know, um, uh, Scott, uh, whatever. The Japanese. Scott Legend. Scott what's Legend. His, what's his name, Michael? Scott Pilgrim? Scott Pilgrim, yeah. Scott Pilgrim versus Paku the Paku. world. Yeah, he, he explained to us what, what it's called Paku Paku. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't remember that explanation, but it was a very good movie. What, what's uh, Michael? What do we what do we say? What from, from that movie? What, what, from that movie? What do we what do we say? I don't know. Yatta! Come on, man! What do we? Come on, say no the one thing. Knows what are you talking about? Michael knows the most he's, obscure of obscure references. He's being like, a dick. Uh, he's just being a dick. I'm, I actually don't remember it all. So, oh my god, v- the <laughs> vegan edge thing, man. Oh yeah, well, <laughs> I don't want us to ruin now because I, I said it and say it right. I just yeah, I just said that to you the other day, didn't I? I was like, you broke yeah. vegan hedge. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> what are you like? Uh, the Simpsons did that. It's like I'm a level five vegan. I don't need anything that casts a shadow. Oh god. <laughs> <laughs> you don't pocket that. mulch, dude. It, he's pocket a, mulch. And Scott Pilgrim, he's like, I'm a. What did he say? He's like a, an ovo lacto vegetarian. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> That's familiar. Yeah. yeah. He's like, I don't eat, eat, eat the the meat nor the milk nor the ovum of anything with a face. Yeah. <laughs> Oh God! Oh, it's great, it's brilliant, it absolutely great. brilliant. It is great. All right. Well, we'll tip our hat to 
Mr. Nakamura here. I thought you were like Scott Pilgrim. Moving right along. <laughs> I had to Scott Pilgrim. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that was President it was announced Namco. by Bondi Bondi Namco. Tay Zonde. Chocolate Rain. Rain. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what Tay what Tay Zonde yeah, has to do with Pac Man, but all right. No Bondi Bandai Bandai Namco. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. God, I didn't know. So Bandai bought Namco. Because I remember when it used to be just Namco back in the Double Dragon days. Anybody remember mm-hmm. that? Mm-hmm. I do. Yeah. I remember when it was just Namco with the Soul Calibur. Yeah, and Bandai, they make uh, the toys, right? And they make the toys, and they did. They were like the sponsors of uh, Power Rangers. Weren't they Bandai? Yeah. Uh, I think that's, that yeah, was... That sounds right. Yeah. Sabin was involved or something like that. S-A-B-A-N. But yeah, they're probably involved also. Yeah, oh, was a song, there was a song called Pac-Man Fever, which reached number nine on the Billboard charts in 1982. Jesus. <laughs> Fucking ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of obscure Jap- uh, or obscure Asian things, um, did you know that Samsung has a military division that makes tanks? Nope. Doesn't Did surprise not me, that, though. But doesn't surprise that, me. That's yeah. not, not in the show notes. I just found that out. That's very interesting to me. They make all kinds of stuff. I knew they made all kinds of stuff, but I didn't know they made tanks. And they make an, uh, semi-autonomous AI-controlled turrets for North and South Korea borders. Hmm. Which I think is fucking nuts. Do they... Well, I guess you said it was Samsung, but it reminds me of like how creative the Japanese industrial names are. Like Daiwa Heavy Industries. Yeah, I mean they, they have a Samsung Heavy Industries branch that makes their like awesome. they you know they have back you know those heavy, those loaders and stuff. Yeah, yeah, those are all Samsung Heavy Industries. The, the military division is called WinTech or Wintel or something like that, but they're owned by Samsung. I like the places that are called a concern. Yeah, industrial concern. Yeah, how misleading. <laughs> <laughs> A concern yeah. must be a th- it must be like a group of other companies or something, right? Uh, uh, was that a consortium? No, I mean that's probably the same thing. But I thought I kind of always assumed a concern was like a group of people who are like kind of administrated an industry or something. Mm-hmm. You know, like a, like a kind of like a, a rule making body. Is it like animals? Like a pack of wolves? A murder of crows? A concern of businessmen? Oh, <laughs> yes. That's it. I a love concern it. of profiteers. I thought you were going to say concern of wolves. That, no. that works, too. <laughs> oh, yeah. I told people that as I saw a murder of crows. They're like, what? Mm-hmm. I'm like, don't be an idiot. Learn your obscure stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh, we, one, we one other... a whole list of those once? Yeah, we did. One other thing that's totally offbeat. I'll find a link to this and put it in there. So, did you guys see the Anheuser-Busch Super Bowl commercial? Nope. No. It is actually, oddly enough, a very, like, obviously they made these commercials, like, months and months and months in advance, if not, like, sometime last summer. But this commercial has, I think it's like, it's like, like, Alphys, Alphys, uh, Bush, Aldous Bush or whatever, is, like, coming on a boat to America, then getting off the boat in New York, getting his, 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 uh, passport stamped. You know, then people, Americans are like, get the fuck out of here. You don't belong here, you piece of shit. You know, he's like getting pushed and shoved in the, in the streets. And then he just keeps walking, keeps his head up and keeps walking. 
then he gets on a he's on like a ferry boat or something and the ferry boat catches on fire and he jumps out of the ferry boat not the ferry boat like a like a river boat and it catches on fire and he swims ashore with this black guy and they get off and he's like drenched and all he has is this like a small bag and like this little notebook that he has and he as he's walking on shore guy says welcome to welcome to St. Louis and so he walks to the bar and he meets this other guy there. This other guy's like, let me buy you a beer. And he's like, and he opens his book and he's like, next time, let's drink this beer. And it's a picture of the, like an early prototype picture of a bush, of a, you know, Budweiser bottle. And the guy says, ah, oh, I'm Johann Anheuser, you know, and I, <laughs> you know, and it was like, some friendships are made, made, you know, whatever, like whatever tagline is. But so people were like, oh my God. This is a shot across the bow at Trump, you know. <laughs> and Budweiser was like, "No, no, 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 no." <laughs> yeah, we made this way before. Yeah, because you know, obviously, it's like immigrants, and you know, that's a, that's kind of the sad thing. Most Americans don't want to realize, like, like almost every major company, every unicorn company that we have in America, that a unicorn's a company that's like went from nothing to being like a billion dollar worth company, like a startup company, was started by an immigrant. You know, Elon Musk is an immigrant. The mm-hmm. guys who first started Google are immigrants. Um, it's just a bunch of immigrants running around all over the place doing way better than us. Well, so. technically, damn, you know, you could debate this a little bit, but basically, all of us are immigrants except okay. for you know. Okay. Mm, eh. yeah, I understand where you're coming from. Or yeah, de- they, or descended of immigrants, you know. Yeah, of course, but like you know, Sergey Brin is like a first generation American. He's one of the guys who started Google, Michael. Right. You know what's no, weird? Know. So there's like everyone's all up in arms about, you know, love thy neighbor, welcome to this country. You know, we're all one people. But then there's also probably a lot of those same people are like, oh, you want a one world government? Fuck that. I love my country. Maybe I didn't explain that very well. No, you explained it perfectly. And I was just thinking, I was like, yeah, I agree. I couldn't yeah. say it. There's nothing to say. I was like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> I never noticed that. I never tied it together, but you're absolutely right. What phenomenon is that? Anyone? Trivia question? Cognitive dissonance? Oh. I'm not sure if that's really the same thing, Evan. No? Holding opposing ideas yeah, simultaneously? No, no, no. I don't mean that. I mean... Oh, okay. I heard that your, little... Your like... whole concept. <laughs> oh, I mean, it's... People didn't want... Well, I'll use an example of my dad doesn't want Hillary in office because she's an advocate of one world government and like new world order, mm-hmm. which is, uh, you know, taking the government part out of it is like unifying the whole world, which is what like social justice warriors want now. But they also don't want to be like part of another country, I I believe. So, I mean, it's, uh, I'm tying it together with, uh, you know, some bits of twine here, but uh, mm. I, I think I, I got the, the point across a bit i think people don't want the bit they don't see the big picture like i told someone at work this and they were like they looked at me like i was crazy like i had just like fucking smoked guys hog right in front of them in the middle <laughs> of the office you know and they're like i said i told him i said i said ultimately the only way america goes forward is if we become one big ass government with a bunch of other people you know like that's the future that's where we're going to go 
You know, as much as we hate it, people are going to be on the dole and people are going to live in mega cities just like in fucking Judge Dredd. And there's going to be a huge split in like this class and that class. And but the thing is, the good stuff that's going to come out of that is amazing strides forth in science and colonization and technology. And, you know, everything's going to be way better for uh, a fair amount of people. Hopefully not everybody, but, you know, maybe 45 percent of the people. We just need a couple more altruistic billionaires, and and we can Shit. make progress. <laughs> yeah, right. You don't become a billionaire by being altruistic. That's the problem. Yeah, you become a billionaire by winning the lottery. Woo! Yep. No, <laughs> no, not that either. Nope. Is that <laughs> is that a falsehood? <clears throat> I've never seen the lottery where you win two billion dollars. <laughs> there have been billion lottery, billion dollar lotteries. I don't think anyone's ever won it. No, but... I don't. Don't think there has. The largest, at least not around here, the largest one around here was what, 500 million, 560 million? Really? I thought that was the one that was like, hit a billion. I think the Powerball got up to, like, in the 900 millions. Yeah, that's probably what I'm thinking of. Because, like, the sign stopped moving. But, anyways, while Mike diligently looks that up, going back to Pac Man, speaking of another round shaped thing with just one orifice that eats. Oh, I was wrong, Evan, there was one. Yeah. 1.6 1.6 billion. Told oh, you. Shit. Told you. Oh, a year ago. Yeah, it was very recent. Yep, I knew it. Lottery. I knew it. Well, there you go. Okay. Mm-hmm. Somebody like, doesn't know anything. And Somebody now that person know their lottery history. <laughs> <laughs> Some American you are. <laughs> Thanks for putting that perspective, Michael. <laughs> oh, jeez. Um, all right, yeah. Let's so, go. Evan, yes, yeah. tell us about this fat sack. Yes, this Ugh. fat sack. Uh, our ancestor, a uh, an ancient fossil, has been found in central Your China. Your ancestor, and now POTUS. Our that's correct. We're all <laughs> we're all connected. We are one world. We are the world. Like uh, a better better place. There we go. Yeah. See, yeah. So, um, the uh, the headline to this article says. Your oldest ancestor was a sack-like creature with only one orifice. I uh, I can't really deny that. So this fossil was found in central in, in central China, uh, dating back to over 500 million years old. It took an immense processing of uh, I believe it was limestone to find these things, which are to the naked eye apparently look like pretty large grains of black sand um and you're like oh what the fuck is this well once you put it under a microscope you're like ah ah so that's oh my japanese God. not chinese but well anyways, this is in the japan time that's something right? randy oh, made up that's what that haso shit is randy made that shit up a long time ago he did in not my make basement it, it is yes, part of the japanese language okay all right you did not hear that from me i'm sure okay all right i did not um, so anyways, this creature is named Saccharitis, which comes oh, from the man. Latin and Greek combination for bag and wrinkle, something which uh, we are probably Jesus. all familiar with as men. So uh, this creature is about 1.3 millimeters in size and characterized by its globular hemispherical body and prominent mouth. Once again, proof that we are its descendants. <laughs> This thing would have liked some scrotox, man. Some scrotox? Yeah. So those, smooth. Those eggs, smooth as eggs. 
get those eggs smooth as eggs. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, anyway, so one of the other um, things that was discovered was uh, the creature has eight cone-like structures around its mouth slash anus no. that may that may have been used to expel or filter water and perhaps the precursor to gills. An alternative idea is that maybe they serve some kind of tactile function. Um, You're going to say some kind of tactical purpose. <laughs> this, is my, this is my defense mechanism. It shoots ink. Yeah. It shoots smaller versions of itself. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, whatever. It's like, it's, yeah, it's holes and it's anus slash mouth. Yeah. Jesus, we don't know what this thing was. It could have been like some kind of early fucking hypnotoad or brain leech or something. We don't know. It could have gotten in fucking well, pro magnum things- man's ears and sucked out his fucking cerebral cortex. All of those things are possible if it is our common ancestor. So this thing is a deuterostome. I think I'm pronouncing that right. Which is the is thought to be the ancestor to all vertebrates and starfish and you know, basically everything. Um, and it's named that way because in gestation, much like humans, the anus is formed before the mouth. So you could argue that this creature pioneered Ass to mouth. Huh. Leave it to Evan to come up with the yeah. most horrible conclusion. You mean the tie, most logical? You're tie welcome. It into, tie it into ATM. Ugh. <laughs> Doesn't everything, though? Jesus. It, it all comes back to that. So anyways, Saccharitis, I salute you. Thank you for existing, so I may exist. You ever seen that Caterpillar movie? The Hungry Caterpillar? <laughs> Sorry, the centipede movie. The murderous centipede? The human centipede, I think it's called. Oh, oh come that, on. Jesus Christ. That's you don't you don't refer to that as that centipede movie as if it were like a <laughs> Bugs Life 2 for kids. Yeah. No. Jesus that's Christ. Something... <laughs> I never said it was that. Ah. <laughs> oh my god, ass to mouth. There you go. Yes. Come Did on, you... man. He's like that centipede movie. Come on. He's Evan's right. You're totally <laughs> you're totally not right in saying that, man. That's you know that's not even something you mentioned in polite company. That centipede movie. Did oh. you see uh did you see the sequels? Come on. I've no. not seen any of the movies. So. Okay. Moving right along. <laughs> Evan's yes. like, you know, it's not bad. You know, it's kind of Get the fuck out of here. You know, I respect the scientific process. Like, Can you suck the turd out of a man's ass? Yeah. Let's what's next? <laughs> what? <laughs> okay, so just uh Onto some, Before you know. we go on, I'm sorry. I feel like that movie. Let's circle back. I feel like that movie. Watching that, I've never seen that movie. By the way, I feel like watching that. It's probably like three hours of like the lemon party. You know, that's what I feel like that must be. I don't think it's that bad. I think that portion of the movie is like probably towards the end, or or I don't want to say a subplot. It's obviously a major part of it. Ugh. But I don't know. So- I've never seen any of them. I think there are three though. I think you're right. But yeah, I've never seen that either. So. Alright, let's go. <laughs> okay, so... Is it tubes? Are there, are there tubes involved? No. It's just you stick your face right in there. Right in the gooch. Well, I mean, not willingly. You're sort of attached to the other person via Oh my god, you see? A is, what, is that what's happening? Yeah. I thought they were sewed together or something. Yeah, I mean, that's probably it. Oh. I know they're, they're the the joining pieces are sort of wrapped in a white 
you know, like a a, a wrap or a diaper of some sort. But stop, you know, stop. Again, once again, again, I haven't seen it. We should probably all watch it and, and give our review. But um, yeah, Human Centipede, Jesus check it out. Christ. No, please don't. Continue. I'm sorry. You wanted to circle back to yeah, connect to connect the bottom to the top, much uh, like the saccharitis uh, with that with the ass to mouth. So, anyways, let's we'll, we'll move on now. All right. So this is about a shooting that happened near the Louvre, Louvre, Louvre Museum Louvre. in Paris. Um. This happened probably just a couple days ago, I guess. Yep, very recently. And so a guy tried to go into the... He tried to enter the Louvre or the or the mall that's right next to the Louvre. Um, and he had two backpacks. And apparently France has soldiers strategically placed around the country. Yep. Which I didn't realize until mm-hmm. I read this article. They're every fucking where. They're <clears throat> yep, at all the major attractions. They were there when James and I were there. Yep. Oh, really? Seven years ago. Mm-hmm. That's weird. I thought it was just a result which this article says of the uh the attacks that happened was no. it last year sometime. No, no they were there when in two thousand ten. Yeah. I remember seeing them being like, what the fuck? I thought it was weird. I mean Compared to America, just seeing soldiers walking around with fucking assault rifles, I thought it was strange. Yeah, I mean, maybe they eased up and brought them back or something. Yeah. But they were there. Hmm. So, apparently this guy had two backpacks, tried to enter, and the soldiers told him he couldn't because he had two backpacks. I don't know what that's about, but he thought he had a bomb or something. And apparently he went crazy, got out a machete... And tried to rush the soldiers. So they opened fire and killed him. I was, I was about to be like, please tell us how that worked out. It says the soldier five fired five shots. <coughs> and, the, and the suspect was seriously wounded, of course. Hmm. The, no explosives were found in the man's backpacks. He was found to have been carrying two machetes. Um, Innocently enough. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently he was alive when he was taken and he was taken to the hospital. <laughs> apparently he was alive when he was shot. <laughs> right. Uh it's not they don't say if he's still alive now, he must be. Mm-hmm. But um He had a He, he got a, pretty he had a ticket to um fly back to Dubai on him. He got pretty far in there. So this was um, not a this Paris was not... native? No. No. Okay. Evan, did you get to go inside the Louvre? Uh, I I did not go in. I had the opportunity. But that's when you and I got there, and Adrian and the other guys were like already halfway through. And they were yeah, going to we... close in like an hour. I'm like, yeah, fuck that. Yeah, and we, in the line, we saw the line, and we're like, beat it. Yeah. So, yeah, this guy, he was, he was like well in. He wasn't like at those. He's like beyond that, like you know, the pyramid area that the Louvre's kind of famous. That famous pyramid. Mm-hmm. He was down there, way inside. I thought they kind of checked people for closer than that, or so. I don't know. Well, maybe I'm wrong. Who knows? I don't know anything about the fucking Louvre. So continue, Michael. 
if there's one thing we can all learn from this, it's the classic, uh, the classic teaching: don't bring a knife to a gunfight. Yeah, basically. Hmm. Well, that and well, yeah. I mean, who knows? So that now, and don't be fucking insane. Yeah. Now here's the other thing too. They someone said he yelled. The man shouted, you know, the old Allahu Akbar. Mm-hmm. But Allahu Akbar snack bar or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But um, I'm beginning to doubt that because. So you're saying he was suicidal. Uh, is that the is that the the inference you're making? No, I'm saying I'm hearing this a lot, and it's not always true. Oh, uh, yeah. He might have just been like, you know, who knows what he did? Oh, he you know? said it. He said it. Open fire. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I don't think it matters either way. You know, um, hey, it's kind of weird the mindset of like the Muslim extremist because the, their actions have made it so that every single time something happens. People will be like, "Oh, I heard that I, he did this, or there was he was near rugs. He must have been praying." I mean, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, you basically, you know, this is like destroying Muslims. Like all the all the extremism is is basically doing is destroying destroying Muslims. It's making them so that a, being to be a Muslim is like to be a dirty, horrible thing. I mean, I and can kind sad. of see that being a tactic. So, like, if they, you know, I'll say they. If they do that enough, then as it's happening right now, Americans will like start overreacting and be like, fuck, fuck Muslims, fuck Islam. And then they'll use it to their advantage. Be like, these guys hate us. You know, they, they they reject the truth. They want us all to die. They're our enemy now. Yeah. So it's like, I don't know if it's self-fulfilling prophecy, but it's uh, whatever. Well, I'll, I'll, this ties in with the next story. So there was a shooting in Quebec where um, six people were killed and more were injured. Mm-hmm. Now, the new various news sources initially said that the shooter was Muslim, the shooter was Middle Eastern, that he shouted Allahu Akbar. Yeah. Not true. None of it. Yeah, and I, Trump chimed. Trump get in on that, too. He's like, look, look, see what happened? Not true at this all. Is, it's a white, it's a white French Canadian who did this, who who yeah, felt a, bad and turned himself in. Yeah, he's right. like, sorry, sorry. That's, no, he's that's um, French Canadians aren't like that. So, <laughs> uh, no, he's no, he's like a uh, he was a neo-Nazi or something, right? Um, that's the story I heard. I don't know if that's true or not. That I'm I, not sure. I'd not verify that. I heard he was like some kind of a like alt-right kind of neo-Nazi type guy. Let's, guys, these are all alternate facts. Let's calm down. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. His name was Alexander... Check Breitbart Bis- for the truth. Yeah. Alexander Bissonnette. Oh, God. Sounds How Muslim. French. Yeah. <laughs> Bissonnette. So was his backpack full of baguettes? <laughs> was he eating a croissant as he fucking ran in? Mm-hmm. <laughs> or mm-hmm. did he say this? They, they thought he said, Allahu Akbar. He said, what he really says, ha ha. <laughs> Uh-huh. French chooge. <laughs> the witnesses Fuck, said the mosque gunman fired indiscriminately into the crowd of worshippers, including uh-huh, men, women, and uh-huh. children. Every time the gun shoots, uh-huh. people died. Did this didn't they? I'm horrible. Oh my god! <laughs> Only Jesus. six people. 
like every time they're around, it's Jesus. Wow. I'm a bad person. James, it's okay. One death is a tragedy. Many deaths is a statistic. You're right about that. They don't matter anymore. Thank you. My load, my load feels lighter. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. Now, the guy is alive, and he's in custody. Oh, my God. Just so you know. They should have fucking given this guy a lead, a lead enema and called it a day. <laughs> mm-hmm. I like that. That's good. Mm-hmm. Oh, well. Next. Yep. So, just I just wanted to point out though that you know they're they're going with the whole oh he was Muslim he was this he was that none of that none of that was true. It's probably just the the local news sources or you know whoever first published it they were just rushing to publish something so they could get the credit whether it's true or not doesn't matter they just want the publicity. True. That's possible. That's, that's why like newspapers are full of you know, redactions the following week. Cause they're like, Oh, this wasn't true. The source wasn't accurate, you know, mm-hmm. but the original story still went out and people went with it. All right. Well, I'm going to keep an eye on that, that though. I think that's going to be a, I think that's going to be a theme. We're going to continue to see. Defend your countrymen. <clears throat> well, <laughs> I don't mean in Canada. I mean, oh, okay. Period. <laughs> <laughs> Next next mass shooting we have, because we're going to have one in another week or something. Yeah. And, you know, it'll be, oh, yeah, he was Muslim. He was shouting crazy Muslim things like, I hate pork or whatever. You know, I don't know. Yeah. So, oh, geez. I hate pork. So anyway. All right. So before the Trump inauguration, the CCTV cameras that are apparently all over Washington, D.C. and used by the police department. I guess they mm-hmm. have them similar to they have them in New York City. Um, were hacked. And it said 123 of the 187 police closed-circuit TV cameras uh, stopped working on January 12th. So I'll, I'll let you go on, but what I heard about this mm-hmm. is that's it's, you know, sort of true, but the, they didn't, like, hack the cameras. They actually affected the storage server where all the footage was recorded so they it could the not Gibson, be recorded. Evan. They hacked the yeah, Gibson. They did. They hacked the Gibson. Get the garbage file. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, no. So what they actually did was so it says the surveillance cameras were left useless after a ransomware after ransomware made its way onto the storage devices. Made its way onto by magic. Mm -hmm. It got there by magic, not by fucking human incompetence and poor cybersecurity. The hackers (laughs) demanded ransom money, but the Washington, D.C. police rejected their demand. So the cameras went offline for about three days. (laughs) And they, they, you know, but they were able to purge everything and get everything back online. Oh, they restore from backup? I guess. How much data, how many crimes, and how much information do you think was lost? You know they don't solve any crimes with that video. Yeah, that's yeah, true. Probably not. It says used to monitor public areas in Washington, D.C. So used to monitor the public. Uh-huh. What's, what's not public? I mean, mm. unless the camera's inside your apartment. You know, yeah. I mean, it's all public. Um, they, arrest, they arrested those two people already. Get this in London. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. It's pretty baller. 
Yeah, these guys were arrested in London. A woman and a man. You hacked a bank across state lines? What are you, nuts? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It says the National Crime Agency of the UK um, served in a, a warrant. A British man and a Swedish woman, both 50 years old. Hmm. Oh, pretty, they're pretty script kiddies. Yeah. Probably. Did they say what they hack? What does Krebs say about this? Oh, I don't know. I haven't I haven't Krebs. gotten the, the Krebs on security. Uh, Krebs got... will say they say what they use. I guarantee you use some modified Mirai. <laughs> I thought that I thought Mirai was a botnet, not a ransomware. Tool. No, but Mariah. Well, no, yeah, you're right. You're right. It's Biden. That's for DDoSing. Yeah, you're right. Uh, never mind. He is talking about Mariah and his site. Yeah, he's got a hard on for Mariah because they hacked him. Uh, they hacked him like last year sometime. He he fucking like. If you there's a art. I think I talked about this, but he talked. Yeah, I talked about it like last week or something. Anna Anna Simpai or Anna Sama. He got like found out everything there was to find out about them. That's an, that's for another time. Yeah, it's a it's uh who is Anna Senpai, the Mariah Worm author? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's halfway down the page, January seventeenth. But anyway, that's another thing for another yep. day. All right, so another little story here. So uh, anonymous is taking credit for taking down ten thousand dark web sites. So these are sites that are only accessible uh, through the Tor uh, Onion. So they're all dot onion websites, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and they're on a, a a host. They're all on the same you know host provider called Freedom Hosting Two, apparently. Um, and it says that they host between fifteen and twenty percent of all sites on the dark web. So it's nice. pretty interesting. So <clears throat> they. They post they they hacked everything, and they they got everything and they and they released it online. They're like, here you got go. him. Here you go. Got him. Apparently, a lot of the sites, even though Freedom Hosting Two says they don't, you know, they don't condone or tolerate child pornography. Apparently, a large portion of the sites were, in fact, child child pornography. So. Yeah, I mean that's them. That's them covering like, oh, we don't condone this, but we we don't really have the resources to monitor or police any of it. So it's uh, it's not our fault. Mm, well, mm-hmm. yeah. I would wonder. I don't know. My assumption is the dark web. I've never been on the dark web, but my assumption is the dark web is like basically child pornography, how to order sex slaves, and and ordering ordering hits. Like that's what I assume the dark web is. That's and, definitely and a percentage. Figuring out how to use Bitcoin. So when a company who basically operates on dark web says, We don't know anything about that, I'm like, <laughs> come on, bro. You know, that's I but I'm just like, why are you even saying that you don't know anything about it? You say, Yeah, we let people do it. We don't care. Because we're fucking we don't care. They're not our kids. I don't know, I just feel like that's what they're doing. Like they must know. Like they have to know. I mean, it's it's certainly present. I don't think it's the majority by any means, but uh, eh. it's like if you go on I a mean, date with a girl. Companies are made to are there to make money. It's so. like if you go on a date on date with a girl, and you go into your wallet at the end of dinner and pull out some cash, and a condom falls out of your wallet onto the table, and the girl looks at you, and you look at the girl, 
and the girl and the you could see in her eyes she's looking at you and she kind of cocks her head that kind of funny way and you're like i always keep a condom in my wallet please <laughs> that condom's in case you're lucky enough to get some puss puss tonight boy and you know it i'll pretend the but girl James, knows that you know it come on yeah what about the implications yeah true Let's not even go there. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. That's from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. I'm not That's a rapist. Right. That's right. Mm-hmm. How about so, yeah, yeah, the rapper sure, van? Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, classic. Yeah. All right. We got, we got one more here in the news. I had to put one in here about uh, our fearless leader. We already did our Trump hour. Oh. We'll circle back. So this one is, I just couldn't leave this alone, man, because this guy is so ridiculous. He talked about, um, he was at a Black History Month event. Mm-hmm. Jesus. And this guy started talking about, thank God for slavery, it brought us such great people. I can just imagine him saying that. <laughs> hey, go he ahead. might as well have said that. He said, this is what he said. Frederick Douglass is an example of somebody who's done an amazing job that is being recognized more and more, I notice. Right. Very odd. It's weird. By that by that phrasing, you're like, oh, is Frederick Douglass like he's like alive and like he's around? Yeah, it's kinda weird. Yeah, he's Wait. a blogger. <clears throat> and then they were they they so everyone was confused, so they they um they asked um you know, who's the guy at the Spicer? Yeah. Right? Mr. Alternative Facts, right? Yeah. And this is what he said, which also confused everyone. I th- he, this is what Spicer said. I think he wants to highlight the contributions that he has made, meaning Frederick Douglass. And I think that a lot of the actions and statements that he's going to make, I think the contributions of Frederick Douglass will become more and more. Mm-hmm. What? So, so like, as who he writes tra- for them? Is the just- same guy? trails off and starts mumbling to himself so (laughs) this guy so he tried to explain what trump said and he also now sounds like he doesn't know who the fuck frederick douglas is yeah or that he's still alive maybe or whatever i don't know (laughs) both these guys man and then i don't know if you guys heard about what mike pence did that's the vice president by the way what did he do did he did he kill a black child to sacrifice one on his altar fucking piece of shit well he he tweeted for Black History Month, and he says, and he honored a white man in his tweet. Oh, God. <laughs> yes. So he said, as Black History Month begins, we remember when President Lincoln submitted the 13th Amendment ending slavery to the states. But let, let me let me play devil's advocate here. Without the white man, there would be no <laughs> Black History Month in this country. So you're welcome. Mm-hmm. There we go. Finally, someone lays down the facts and gets these negros straight. <laughs> oh man, I would use the sound bite, but it's too far away right now. <laughs> now, I mean, honestly, there's nothing wrong really with what he said, but it's still there isn't like, anything it's wrong like, with it. Bro. But it's kind of like, yeah, it's like it's like, oh, thank you. You know, it's like <laughs> we should thank you right now. Like that's what that's like. It's like it's one of those things that's better just left not said. Like he should have just been like, like it's. I don't know. It's already implied that Lincoln did his thing. You know what I mean? But he could think and he could. I don't know. It's just weird. 
No, but it's you know what? It's a great example of the kind of White House that we're building right now and the kind of people who are in the White House. They're just out of touch. Like, so if you've never once thought about Black Turn History Month, never thought about whatever, and then someone said you have to say something about it, you just fucking spout out some random garbage. It's like it's like it's like when we first did this podcast. <laughs> we were just like 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 two hours of fucking vomit, you know? <laughs> and we were like, I hope you like it, you know? Does it taste good? Now um, when you say when we first did it. We don't well, do that anymore. So the no, implication no. is that <laughs> it's the implications. <laughs> oh god. Well, no, but you know what I mean about this. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's just really, it's obvious that you know these guys are just out of touch with America as a whole and women and and people of color on, and all this kind of stuff. Now, you know, obviously and all of us know who Frederick Douglass is, or at least know the fucking name and that he's a famous yeah, black guy. He's the guy because, black with the crazy hair. He looks like a maniac. Yeah, he does. And he died and, like two hundred years ago. Yeah, exactly. I had a I, when Evan said he's vlog, he's vlogging or whatever. I was like, I was like, man, is he did? Does he have like a video show with that fucking like <laughs> Korean chick where they're like doing like hairstyle tips? And he's like, he's like, come on, Maggie, show me what you got, you know? And he's like, he's like, here's how you do this weird, crazy poof that's made me a uh, fucking hit. Anyway, yeah. go ahead. No, I mean, we all know who that is because we went to school and they taught us who that is, right? Yeah. So you, did you these would people think not so. go to school, or th- wherever they went to school, that was not a thing? I mean, Dude, both of these guys went to school with fucking in the Leave it to Beaver days. You think they know anything about Frederick Douglass? That's true. They went to school back when it was like... Before immigration. Man, black people aren't a thing. Before immigration. You're funny. I said before integration. Oh, before integration. Well, apparently we're still fighting that fight. I saw a story about that where... Uh... Yeah, something in Mississippi, I think. Yeah. Somewhere, but yeah, but still it, haven't learned. Before we move off of this, um, I'd like to bring up one other slave-related topic, and it's, it's also related to education. <laughs> so you were just saying, you know, didn't these people go to school? So I saw th- I saw something on Reddit uh, a couple days ago where they were like talking about Eli Whitney, the guy who created the cotton yeah. gin, yeah. and people were like, "Wait, I thought he was black." I was like, no, Eli Whitney, some white dude. So apparently slavery was sort of phasing out because of the type of cotton they had to grow in the South was, you know, not very durable. So it it started becoming inefficient, even though you could have slaves. So he invented this thing, which allowed the farmers to use a more durable, uh, durable, but harder to process cotton. But they could still like have all these slaves pick it and then dump it in this machine and have it processed. So the invention of the cotton gin by a white man, Eli Whitney, not a black guy, um, actually sort of revived slavery. Revived slavery? When was yeah. the cotton so, gin invented? Oh, fucking. Here's the funny thing. Why is it that I, I, I knew he wasn't black? But for the longest time, I thought he was. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why Eli Whitney is associated with Black History Month. He is heavily. You why know that, would, right? Why would yeah. he be associated with Black History Month? I, I don't think... know, but I always you always hear about Eli Whitney and the cotton gin. They're now, always talking about this fucking guy and the goddamn cotton gin. I have a feeling that in school we are taught about so few prominent black figures during the uh, slavery times that people will often get them confused with, like... Um, George Washington Carver or something's like, oh, the inventor of peanut butter. That's the same guy. He was black. 
So maybe they make like that sort of loose association and it becomes true in their heads. I don't know. I'm, I'm guessing. But we learn about like, I don't remember any section in history class, you know, national, state, and local government or anything about Eli Whitney. Or I remember, I think I remember a couple mentions of, you know, Frederick Douglass, uh, Harriet Tubman, and like two other black people. It's it's not taught, you know, that uh, it's not taught that much. Well, and maybe maybe if you take one of those, don't they have a class for that? Oh God, okay, they might. So the Eli Whitney thing is part of the guess what on Reddit, the mm-hmm. Mandela effect. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. It's like I, this guy says, I swear, I believed that until this in my twenties that this guy was white. I thought, I mean, that this guy was black. I thought I had seen pictures of him. In retrospective, I remember seeing pictures of Frederick Douglass. So I never, I never thought that this guy was Frederick Douglass, but for the longest time I thought he was black. And there's a heavy association with Eli Whitney and Black History Month. There really is. Yeah. You know, and I guarantee people think he's black. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I never thought he was black. Um, I think there's, I think, I'm sorry to interrupt you, Michael. Go ahead. So, so there's this kid, um, and I don't remember his name. Um, let's see here. Who he famously spoke to a white woman was killed, and his body was stuffed into a cotton gin, and that's where they found him. And I always, so I think I've mixed him up with that guy because the the whole cotton gin connection. Hmm. Interesting. I can't remember his name to save my life, and I don't know why. I have no idea. I this sounds vaguely familiar, though I don't remember. I remember everything minus the cotton gin part. Emmett Till. Emmett Till. That's the guy I'm thinking of. Yeah. Yeah, I I remember reading something about him recently, but I didn't know he was stuffed into a cotton gin. Yeah. I never heard that part. That's interesting. Yeah, they took him away, beat him, mutilated him, before shooting him and sinking his body in the Taliasis River. Taliasis River. Um, oh, it doesn't say anything about a cotton gin either. Well, when I searched, it came up. Mandela effect. That's weird. Murder. Yeah. Well, we all have a lot to learn. I still don't know what a cotton gin is. I mean, I know it's like some kind of machine, I guess. But now, Mike, you've seen, um, you've seen Wanted, right? The horrible movie with. Uh huh. Yeah. So you know what the Loom of Fate oh, is? Oh God! Yes, I do. Is so imagine of distrust. <laughs> no, it's not exactly that, but I thought it'd be funny to bring up. So basically, you you dump the uh the I'll say the cotton buds which are full of seeds and stems and stuff into this machine. And it will separate out the, uh, the undesirable bits from the, from the material that you use to make textiles and clothing. So it's, it's a, it's a mechanical separator. Hmm. Yeah. I just Googled a picture of it. Uh-huh. Interesting. I don't, why is it called a gin? Is a gin a kind of machine or something? I do not know. Like why? Why couldn't they just say the cotton machine or the cotton separator or something? You know, it's like 
the cotton gin. I'm like, the gin? Like, what is that? I mean, you know, it, it was a different something. language back then. It means something, you know? Well, investigate while uh, while we move on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, oh, okay. They weighed, they weighed his body down with the fan from a cotton gin. That's what it was, and then sunk him in the river. I see. Yeah. Damn. All right. Well. So that concludes the, the uplifting news for this week. <laughs> um, This reminds me. There's a great show. There's a great podcast called My Favorite Murder, where they basically discuss that kind of stuff. And apparently, it's very popular. And it wasn't popular like last year. And then they, they did one episode of Cracked, and they became super popular. And they talk about murders. And it's these two chicks that are really annoying, have really annoying voices. But it's a very popular podcast. Definitely worth checking out. I gotta say, their voices are really annoying, but I still like the podcast. So I would definitely say worth checking out. They Dude. tell some really amazing stories about some amazing murders that I just I just heard of one that I'll tell you when we get later on in the show. Do you think it has to do anything with the, uh, wasn't it a Netflix or a Showtime special, Making a Murderer or Making well, of a Murderer? Their show came out before that. But uh, it, it, that I mean, they do mention and credit a lot of new interest due to that show. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the thing is, they talk the stuff they talk about. I think I think it's the same kind of people. And you know, it's not a man thing; it's a woman thing. I think women have an obsession with like mysteries and murder and mayhem of all sorts. And men don't have that same obsession. Like if you go on the women's, I think it's not not the own network. That's Oprah Winfrey, but the what's it, the L channel or whatever. If you go on, if you go to L, that channel, uh, there's like seven or eight shows about committing crimes against your spouse, having crimes committed on you against your spouse, things about women snapping, things about men snapping, things about people cheating, and all their <laughs> movies are about cheating and murder and entry. I mean, it's all about the same thing. So this, if you think about it, in our real life, there's only one place you can find high-level intrigue that has a fatal end, and that's like a real life murder. You know, like they love talking about Shambhane Ramsey, um, because that's just a fucking crazy, messed up mystery. And um, they just talk about a bunch of crazy murders. But it's, it's interesting. It's definitely interesting. Like you hear about stuff, you're like, whoa, I didn't know there was a murder here. Like they talked about a murder that happened in um, a Baltimore County lawyer or something, he, he got murdered. Um, in Pennsylvania, it happened when it happened when I was in high school, I think, or maybe a little after high school. Um, and I remember hearing about it on, the, on like DC 101 or something. They found his body in PA, uh, and it was a big mystery. And they still haven't solved it. They still don't know who killed the guy. So, yeah. Anyway, well, I'm going to derail this. Well, I'm going to go off on a quick tangent. I was watching huh. yet another episode of uh, Joe Rogan's podcast, and they actually had Bill Burr on. And Bill Burr was talking about a story where he and uh, a cop friend got together in a bar and they were like talking about talking about like planning a murder. And uh, apparently Bill Burr was like, he had been working on the perfect plan for days. So he started talking to the cop. He's like, okay, here's what I would do me and a buddy. And immediately the cop was like, Nope, we'd catch you. He's like, as soon as you involve another person, you get caught. Someone's going to crack. So then he, he broke it down. He's like, basically, if you want to get away with it, do it alone. And to someone you have zero connection to. So like a completely random murder and you'll probably get away with it. 
Look at Michael's heart just like kind of glowed a little bit. He, Michael's <laughs> been all, saying that since the that. day I fucking met him. We and that was the that. first thing he said to me when I was when I first met him. He was like, "If I want to kill somebody, I'll just fucking walk up and shoot him in the face of their house. I don't care." I was like, "Hi, I'm James." Like that's the <laughs> second thing, man. You know? <laughs> yeah, he, I don't think he greets too many people like that anymore. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, we all we all knew that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it makes sense. Mm-hmm. All right, so that really concludes our uplifting news for the week. I think moving into some stranger danger. I have an article in there. Um, in short, the article is about uh, everyone Google. panic. Yeah, everyone panic. Uh, I was like, "What the fuck is this?" As soon as I saw the title, but it's really about <laughs> uh, the Chrome browser versions 53 and older. I don't really know what the current version is. I meant to check, but I forgot. Um, but it's, it's saying Google is saying if you continue to use the older versions of Chrome, you will likely be vulnerable to attacks and won't be getting patches or bug fixes. You can still use. Um, version 53 and older through the end of 2017, which is uh, pretty generous, I think. But you'll be limited to the basic HTML version of Gmail. So I've been telling the story backwards because I wanted to save the, the sensational headline for the end. So now knowing all the facts, the headline says, you might not be able to use Gmail from February 8th, confirms Google. So I was like, are they fucking getting summons by the FBI to shut down their service? What the hell's going on? But it's just talking about old, unsupported versions of software. Yeah, apparently we're on version... We're, we should be at least on version 55 of Chrome right now. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm on. I'm on 55.02. And there's yeah. an update that just failed. So <laughs> That's good. I'll do that after I get off the show. I'll try to update it. Mm-hmm. And apparently I'm still using the 32-bit version of Google Chrome. <laughs> that makes should... a lot of sense. <laughs> Noob. <laughs> Whatever. So I guess I'll change that to 64 bit. Because why not? Uh huh. Um, although I am still using the 32 bit vision, 32 bit version of Firefox. I didn't even realize they had a 64 bit version. 1983. Until, until recently. <laughs> nice, nice. Mike's like, thread this. Yeah. All right. <laughs> uh huh. Got the old TRS-80 system over here. That's right. I'll just crank this old bad boy up. Hit the turbo button. I got my Apple IIe (laughs) back here, bro. All right. That's right. (laughs) Oh, boy. Here we go. So, James, you had mentioned a a new kind of antivirus. I don't know if it's a new company or what it was exactly. Yeah, Silence. Silence, and they were doing things a little differently, right? Mm Mm-hmm. So it made me think of, and I meant to bring this up right after we had that show, but I it, I got sidetracked. But I finally found it. So this article, it says, MIT builds artificial intelligence system that can detect 85% of cyber attacks. Okay. So they've built a system. They're, they're calling it Artificial Intelligence Squared, or mm. AI2. Lame. So first it scans... Um, it scans, it gets its findings, and then at the end of the day, it presents it to a human analyst or human analysts. And it and the human analyst goes in and says, "Okay, yep, this is real. This is real. This is not real. This is not real." And it does this every day, 
And of course, every day it so each time it does that, it learns, right? So that's pretty much what it's been doing. So they said it can detect up to eighty-five percent of cyber attacks. Very Didn't cool. We, we talked about that. Maybe we talked about that the first time we mentioned the article. We're like, what if there were some nefarious security worker who was like telling it the wrong shit? <laughs> we're like, well, that's a good exploit. I'm going to use yeah. that. Well, yeah. I mean, that's, you know, it's always I feel down like to the actually, human factor. Yeah. I feel like we actually talked about this exact article before. I feel like we did talk about this article before. Like we mentioned it briefly last year. Or Maybe like we that. did a long time ago. Yeah. But, but I, this I is cool. I mean, I this is obvious. Remember. I'm glad they're doing this. Yeah. You know, like we need more. Like there's a lot of things that people do right now and that we like use definition files for and we update stuff. And it's uh, it's that kind of thing that like anything related to a computer is like uh, it's basically yes or no. It's like if this happens and this happens and this happens and this happens, it's probably bad, you know. Um, so there's, there's warning signs. If these ports are open and these things happen, it matches what happened over here. We've updated the cloud database and now all the AIs know, like, I, I just feel like this is just like an obvious next step that we all need to be getting into. So I'm glad it's happening. Would you say it's a learning computer? Yes. Ah. <laughs> yes, I would. Awesome. Okay. Next, Audible. We love Audible. They are a sponsor of this show. Please go visit them. Audibletrial.com slash IOPanel. Um, you can also check out the link. It's on our website, IOPanelPodcast.com. Now, James and I have been listeners of Audible for many years now, way before we started the show, way before they were a sponsor. And they are awesome. I listen to at least two books a month. James, I'm sure you listen to at least that, if not more. More than that, yeah. Um, And, you know, it's just awesome if you're just around the house, if you're cleaning, on your commute to work, whether you're driving or you take the train or even walking. I like listening to it when I'm even, like, at the grocery store, you know, or on my lunch break. It's awesome. It's a good alternative to uh, podcasts. I also like listening to podcasts, too. But um, but the books are a little more engaging, I guess, and give you something a little different to. You know, it's a different kind of thing than a podcast. Yeah, sometimes you yeah. want a little narrative, you know. Yeah, I have you a don't question. Have... Shoot, probably mostly geared towards James, but Mike might know. Now, you, James, I know you get like daily audio news from you know a couple sources or something like New York mm-hmm. Times or whatever. Does Audible have anything equivalent to that that they give away for free with the membership? That New York Times thing I get is that. Oh, it's from um, Audible. Yeah, Michael probably gets it too and either doesn't know about it or doesn't use it. Yeah. Um, or he might not. Maybe I got a special no, thing when I got everyone. mine. It's for everyone. Okay, yeah, so there you go. Um, it's part of the part of your membership. So Yeah. Okay. I think cool. it's Wall Street Journal or New York Times. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's yeah. one of those two, but No, I yeah, don't, I don't get it. Like I never said like, yep, give me that, but it is it's it available. Is, it's available to everyone yeah. who's a member. So, and they they have other services like that. I just don't want to pay for. It's not worth the pay, like an extra five bucks a month or something, to get whatever newspaper you know. And it's normally it, what it is is like I don't know if you've listened to the one the the one that comes free, Michael. But it's literally it's this guy named Mark Moran. I've heard it so many times that I know his name, Mark Moran, mm-hmm. and he's like. <clears throat> 
Today in news, Donald Trump did blah, 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 Google, blah, 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 blah. Like, any, like, so you won't even know when there's a separation between, like, one news story and the other. And you're like, how does Google involved with this? And then you're like, you have to kind of be like, oh, you know, he's he's on another story now. So he's reading, like, with very little context. So he's not giving any pauses or breaks. Although it's, and I'm complaining, my first thing out of my mouth is a complaint, but it's a good service and it is good if you like just want to get a quick like chunk of the news. It's good for that. Um I find my biggest problem with it is that there's a highly liberal slant to the paper that they have. I think it's the Post, Michael, or maybe it's the New York Times, but it's the New York Times. Yeah, New York Times. So, so there's a kind of a liberal slant, so you're kind of getting like when you hear the op-eds, which is my favorite part to listen to, it's normally some angry Jewish guy like telling Trump to get stuffed. You know, which honestly I understand, but uh, it's uh, it's. I just wish there was another point of view other than like, you know, the gun grabbers and blah blah blah, and you know, is uh, you know what I mean. Another well, feature. I think- another feature. Sorry, Evan. Just want to mention this real quick. Another feature that Audible has recently introduced, and I haven't really had a chance to check it out yet. They have something called channels. That is great. I've used channels. It's excellent. That's a great way to find new curated stuff. Like I found a couple book series from there, from sci-fi books that I really liked. And uh, there's some great articles and TED Talks. And um, I found another great book uh, by a lady who did the, she wrote the book Lie Spotting. I, I got her book based on her TED Talk, which I heard in the TED's and TED's channel. So that there's actually some really excellent stuff in channels. That that in itself is like amazing content because you get hours and hours of content. You could listen to sci-fi all day and not be interrupted and never hear the same thing twice. You know. Does that come free with your membership, or is yes. that like a a book? No, no, it comes free to a book. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, and there's that's I don't know, perk. it's like fifteen, twenty channels, and there's literally hundreds of hours of content on each one. And it's constantly being updated, so it's pretty cool, actually. That's it looks pretty like good. they have some stuff. It's, a lot of it looks almost like podcasts in here. Yeah, there's some stuff like that. Like they have Freakonomics Radio. Um, they have the New Yorker Radio Hour. You know this and that. Um, I'm seeing here they have something. They say an Audible original series. It's called Sincerely X, and it's from TED. It says some stories are too sensitive, painful, or potentially damaging to put our names to. Ted and Audible have teamed up for Sincerely X, a series of it, very revealing stories from anonymous voices. How does the first the first book like a man? He's coming and he has something to give you. His name equals X. <laughs> Starring Vin Diesel. Oh come on, no <laughs> X gonna give it to you. Come on, man, Evan. What? Are you playing Michael today? You didn't get it. No, I didn't get it. Mm-mm-mm. Sorry. Let me down. Yeah, I don't think I got it either. So. Oh, are you serious? Well, I, working backwards, he was like, a man comes to present you a gift. And then it's like, X going to give it to you. But, you know, uh, 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 I, I appreciate the effort, James. I, I apologize Jesus for letting Christ. you down. There's a great meme about there that. There is. I've seen it. it. It's hilarious. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah. but it, And see, I remember that one. So for for when James started talking, it reminded me of something I saw online before, and I just found it here. It's supposed to be the saddest story ever written, the shortest story ever written. Right. Was it the one that I told you like four months ago? Could be. I have no idea. 
baby shoes for sale, never worn. Yeah, it's exactly here. It's it's for sale, baby shoes, never worn. Yeah. It's called There's a, a person six word novel. Go ahead. Okay. There's a <laughs> There's a person who has been who who has been given the identity of X who has decided to distribute something of an ambiguous nature to you because of an unknown reason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So good. <laughs> I'm going to put a link to this video. It's 40 seconds long. Everyone treat yourselves and watch it after the show. That's different. That's, that's yep, 15 that. years ago. That's the other uh, way, not this thing on, yeah. on the Audible channel. I mean, maybe, I mean, maybe the other choice, like, I it. think the Wall Street Journal was... One thing I was going to mention is if you think unbiased. The, uh, the news source... Mm-hmm. You're getting is too biased. Yeah, I know well, we covered. A good, uh, a good I think source, Mike put it in the show good, notes a couple uh, weeks know, ago. There was like a chart of how left or how right various news organizations were. So maybe one of the ones closer to the middle. On your own, I guess. Um, if you're like yep. if you're subscribed to the Time and but, to um, the um, yeah, Washington Times or what or New York Audible, Times or whatever. They're awesome. Nah, not the Washington Times. You use our link and sign up for an account. You'll get your first book will be free, and your first month is free. I mean, if, even if you decide, you know what, this isn't for me, you can cancel, and you'll still have an Audible account. You just won't be charged every month. So you can still sign in, download the one book that you have, and it's always yours to keep. You know, that's that's yours. So And presumably, if you find a book on sale or something, you can just buy that individual book. You, you just could. don't pay the monthly subscription. You could, exactly. Yeah, now, the advantage of the monthly subscription, though, you get one one credit a month. And normally the monthly subscription is fifteen bucks a month. Most books, if you just buy a book, cost more than that. So, yep. you know that's the idea. Obviously, you know that's why the, that's the draw of the uh, the monthly account. Which mm-hmm. you know, really, I can't argue. So, definitely, to me, it's definitely worth it. So, and they even have books in other languages. I've noticed. So, not nearly as many as in English. But they do have some books in other languages. So you want to stretch your linguistic muscle. So if you want to be thoroughly confused, check one of those out. (laughs) Absolutely. All right. So next. Well, we we thoroughly endorsed Audible, but did you actually want to talk about the book? (laughs) All right, right, right. Of course. So... There's a book now. I'll be honest. I haven't had a chance to check this one out yet. I did purchase it, so I do have it in my Audible library, but I haven't checked it out yet. It was recommended to me by a friend, and it sounds very interesting. It's called Fitness Confidential by Vinny Tortorich. And he's called, according to the, the little summary here, he's called America's Angriest Trainer. and supposedly he exposes the nasty nasty underbelly of the fitness industry while also getting you in the best shape of your life Mm -hmm. so it's two for one mm -hmm. i think this would be an interesting read um obviously you know you me some other listeners of this podcast have been going down the keto road you know trying to get in shape Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily think that this, I mean, we'll have to see what's in the book, but it doesn't have to be mutually exclusive, you know? Yep. So. I mean, there's there's definitely 
scientific evidence for the positive that a ketogenic diet works. There's evidence that a plant-based diet works. There's evidence that a, uh, you know, fully vegan diet works. It just depends on what works for you. Well, there's no break vegan edge. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, so I'm going to check this out this week and uh, report back. Good. Yeah, should be should be a good time. All right. So, James, uh, we were talking earlier. It sounds like you saw the movie Passengers. With yeah, Jennifer and actually, Lawrence. before you continue, there's actually another book here that you should check out, oh, and okay. it's in my thing. Um, I didn't. I forgot about it until Michael said something. Um, it's called the Swoley Bible. The Bro Science Way of Life. Is that by Dom Mazzetti? <laughs> yeah, written by Dom Mazzetti, narrated by Dom Mazzetti. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> the Swoley Bible, and it's got like a muscle with a halo on it. Reps for Jesus. Yeah, reps for Jesus. Yeah, man. So good. Donald Pump. Then, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. There's another book here called uh, Cardio Sucks by Michael Matthews that I just saw that I was like, hmm. So, yeah. Anyway, um, I'll put this in the link in the show notes here. The Swoley Bible, the Bro Science Way of Life. If anyone does not watch Bro Science Life on YouTube, you're missing out. He has hilarious videos. That's funny. Dom Mazzetti, a.k.a. Mike Tornabini. (laughs) Oh, okay. Yeah, good stuff. So, Passengers, huh? Yeah, so Passengers, I saw it, I watched it the other day, um, I watched it last night actually, thoughts were that it was, I mean, I don't know, if you if you don't have, so basically the whole concept of the movie is they're on this generation, they're on this ship, and they're colonists, they've been sent, the, you should know, they're... We, should we preface this by saying spoiler alerts? Yeah, there's spoilers, if you haven't seen the movie, there's spoilers. Um... I, so basically the whole concept is they're on this ship and something happens halfway through the ship and there's a malfunction and one person, there's 5,000 set settlers or colonists and then 298 crew and the one of the colonists gets woken up by a mistake. It's not supposed to happen, but it, happen, it happens after a meteor strikes the ship. You know, everyone on the ship is fucking asleep. And this guy's not supposed to wake, but he wakes up. So, he tries everything, yada, 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 so on and so forth. Nothing works. A year later, he's about to go fucking crazy. He's about to he's about to catapult himself out of an airlock. And uh, as he's walking out, he sees this hot chick, and he's like, she's hot. I'd hit that. And so then he starts, like, fucking stalking her like a psycho, like, reading her, reading all her stuff. Like her, re- she's a writer. He reads her about her and re- listens to her profile, and it's just creepy as fuck. And then he's like, "I should wake her up." But the thing is, they have a ninety-year journey ahead. So if he wakes her up, and he can't put her back to sleep, so if he wakes her up, they're fucked. Like they're not going, they're not going back. You know what I mean? But they're not, they're not, they're never gonna wake up when they reach their their landfall. They'll be dead. You know, they'll have to, they'll die of old age on this ship. So, alone, just the two of them. So, it's a pretty sucky situation. Um, 
Anyway, of course, whatever you think happens, happens. He wakes her up, and then, you know, all hell breaks loose on the ship, and they have to be heroes. Um, But I don't know, man. I kind of watched this thing, kind of knowing what it was, because I'd heard some people talking nastily, like, nastily talking about it, some people being very upset. This is, like, one of those movies that if you watched it with a different soundtrack, you'd be like, this is a movie about a guy stalking and destroying a woman's life. You know? (laughs) Like, that's what it's about, basically. Like, he didn't have to wake her up. He could have left her alone and just either threw himself out the fucking airlock or just chilled out and just fucking whatever, you know, just fucking peaced out. You know, I don't know. I don't know. Do do whatever. But I, I don't know. I don't feel like I don't feel like I could do that. And I, I, I get why he did it. He's alone. But man, it's fucking seems really horrible and there's a, there's another movie that people really love called love actually i've not seen this movie but people are like if you watch this movie with different audio cues and i heard this on crack.com on their, one of their podcasts if you watch it with different audio cues they're, they're like this is a movie about a guy who stalks who stalks a woman and and follows her around everywhere and tries to like fucking get all in her house and everything else and then she's like loves him for it you know, it's just very, I don't know, there's a lot of stuff like that. You know, guys do stalker shit, like the guy standing outside the house with the radio. You know, it's like, come on, man, why are you outside mm-hmm. my house, bro? There's just a lot of that in movies today, I don't know. And this kind of reminded me of that. It's just a really weird trend in rom-com, romantic drama, whatever the fuck they're called. So that was that was Passengers. Rom-com? It's not a rom-com, yeah. That's, Your so- wife's a rom-com, Michael. <laughs> I have not seen it, but a uh, another friend spoiled it for me last week and told me the basic plot. But uh, but I didn't realize that the uh, the passengers, as it were, were like five thousand civilians and two hundred and some crew. Yeah. So I just thought like they were all crew members. So you know, it doesn't. You have to realize like if something goes wrong, why would you fuck over the mission? But if it was like a civilian, he's like, oh, well, I'm kind of lonely. Yeah, I can wake her up. It's fine. It's, it's it'll be fine. Not realizing any of the consequences, but um, I guess my question is: if there were only five thousand, were they chosen for a reason? So their individual deaths would be like a great loss to the community. No. So basically, the whole concept is: it basically this company, the company Homestead, they run these like starliners that take people to these com- com- these new planets, and so you pay for your you go for free to this new planet and for the rest of your life homestead takes 20% of the profit from everything you make okay and they also charge you for anything you spend on the ship you know anything you use on the ship for 90 years or 120 years is what it was um but most of that time i think like 100 and 119 years and 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 10 months or you know 9 8 months you're supposed to be in hibernation so you're not supposed to be eating, sleeping, shitting, using electricity, drinking, whatever. Um, of course, they both lucked out because they both died. So they died before anything could be accrued against them. Now, the, the worst part about it was the girl. So the guy was going to like, he was going to this planet to start over. You know what I mean? He's like, yeah, I want to start something new. I want to build a house, yada, yada, yada. The girl was a writer who had money. And her whole goal was, she's like, I'm going to this planet. I'm going to be in hibernation for 120 years. I'm going to get off the planet. 
stay there for a year writing, reading, learning, and write the book of the century. Then I'm going to do another 120 years back to Earth, and then I'll be in the future. And I will deliver my I will deliver a complete like treatise on I'll be the first writer to do something like this, which is travel the universe backward and forward and bring new wisdom, like bring new a, like a new type of style of writing back to Earth. So she had this grand plan and she paid for like the master's suite, you know, the master and commander's package with like the special meal and stuff. And like he, when he went to eat his food, like when he's alone, he tried to, everything he ordered. He couldn't order it. Because it's like, oh, you don't have the gold package. You don't have the gold package. It's like, you have the bungler bronze package. So he literally, his breakfast every day was this cube that was about the size of a Rubik's Cube of oatmeal. That's what he ate every day. It was a solid cube of oatmeal. <laughs> and black, coffee black, you know? And nothing else. And she, when she when he woke her up, before she knew what he did, you know, which he let her believe that he, you know, he's like, oh, yeah, you just woke up by accident, you know? So... Um, she was eating like French toast and eggs Benedict and having like pumpkin spice lattes and like all kinds of craziness. And he was basically hosed. So she was like feeding him after a while because he's like, I'm tired of eating these oatmeal cubes. But yeah, so just, I don't know what he did is super skeevy. You know, it's just like, I don't know. Hollywood's taking this whole love conquers all thing to like a limp to like a place that's too far, you know? Yeah. It's too much. Alternatively, they could have woken up two additional men and two additional women and started reforming their own society. I think I read something a while back that was like to to have a viable genetic uh, or uh, a viable genetic platform to build a society. You would need three women, three men. Each of the women would have to have at least three children by each of the men, and then you could start like. A, a non-mutant society. Hmm. Oh, that's interesting. That is interesting because I read something that says you need about ten thousand people mm-hmm. to well, have a, one a of significantly us, diverse genetic. Uh, that's what I thought. Yeah, and they said really one it of should us be is 50, probably closer. 000. It should be really be fifty thousand, but well, ten thousand is the. We'll we'll do some more research. Apparently, the human race was depleted to about ten thousand individuals some time ago, and we're still here. So are we? Adam mutants? and Eve is real. We came from two people. It's true. Um, ha- hashtag Jesus likes incest. Ugh. What? <laughs> so. Okay. Okay. So, James, thank you for your little review there. Um, I still want to see the movie. It still looks interesting. Yeah, yeah there's too. some cool tech stuff that you'd be like, oh, okay. You know, and that's why I watched it. I'm like into the sci-fi angle of it. Right. I was kind of let down by the whole, the, the the romantic stuff, but the movie, the sci-fi stuff was good, and the environments were well done. It didn't look cheesy. It wasn't like a love movie that happened to take place in space where you barely saw any space. It was, it was a good movie. It was, it was well done. It was a good sci-fi movie with a love element, a creepy love element. A creepy love element. I would say, and there's a sp- supposedly a book. So. Hmm. Hmm. I'll have to get the book at some point, um, but they, now, they, people say the book was better than the the, the the movie. I'm sure it is. Okay, that probably answers my question. Cause I was going to ask, was the movie made from the book, or was the book made from the movie? Because no. both of those things exist. Yeah, absolutely. No, they say that the book they say the book came first, and there's elements that have been removed from the movie to make to make it work. 
you know, removed from the book to make it work. Silly um, logic and whatnot. Yeah, which kind of sucks. I mean, Japanese people like if you make if you see a Japanese movie that came from an anime or a book or something, even if it's live action or animated or whatever, it's basically one for one copy of the book or whatever. You know, um, right. it's identical no matter how long and nonsensical it it is. Um, Death Note, which is like a seventy-two episode anime, they made into like three movies, and it was great. And the three live-action movies with real actors, and it was amazing. You know, and they it's really every scene's one-to-one. Like, there's a few things they just condense so it'd make more sense, but that's very rare. And I wish they'd do that in America, and I don't know why we don't do it. Yeah, I was about to bring that up. It's like assuming it's all, for instance, a Japanese production and not Americanized, like Ghost in the Shell starring Scarlett Johansson. Yeah, yeah, I don't know how that's <laughs> going to be. It seems like, uh, well, you know, we always assume that they're going to do the right thing. Now, here's a thing that makes me think they're going to honor that movie a little bit better since we're talking about it. Um, if you watched, if anybody's watched Ghost in the Shell, Ghost in the Shell famously, the first movie famously has that crazy Japanese song where it's like the guy's playing the taiko drums and the girl's like, ha, ha, say, you know, it's like that crazy song. And that's the the song that plays during the shelling sequence when they make uh, Major Kusanagi's body or whatever in the machine or whatever the fuck they make her. Anyway, that scene, they've pretty much like lovingly recreated that scene in the movie. And there's a great, IGN has a great comparison video of it, um, which is really good. And they compare it to the anime. Yeah, they compare it to the anime and it's pretty good. I was pretty pleased with it. So, uh, and they brought the song back. Like they had, they had people come out and sing that song. If you watch the release, the trailer release that they did in Japan, um, and you know, I feel like the Japanese are used to a certain level of, 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 of good replication of their content. So I feel like they'll probably more, be more, inspired to not butcher something like like this. I mean, this is a classic, a movie people have been waiting for for years, um, live action. I mean, if it's successful, that means we could see stuff like Akira and, you know, a, a more faithful reproduction of Dragon Ball Z, which was a total shit show. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Did you see yeah. Dragon Ball Z, Michael? You saw it, Evan. Yeah, I watched it. No. Oh, my God. I'm not to... Uh... Well, no, I don't know. I He's about to say it. I'm not gay. That's no, about to I don't say. know. I don't know what I am. I'm not. I'm not anything. I haven't. I never saw it. So. Okay. Yeah, it, it was horrible. It was like a high school romance movie with uh, a little bit of anime thrown in. I've never. Yeah, I've never seen Dragon Ball Z. Period. That's fine. Anything. Hey, so don't, don't don't bother. But uh, yeah, I heard they, the uh, the live action version of Attack on Titan was actually not great, but I haven't seen it. It, I saw pieces of it, and the beginning part that I saw, I was like, "Oh, this is pretty cool." But everyone else, every 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 like comment I've read about people who saw it said, "Oh, this is crap." You know, it's not good. So I only saw like the first five minutes of it, like when they first released it. Yeah. But even that was like reproduced more faithfully than the things, the stuff we've done to things. I mean, and there's so much content to like something like Dragon Ball Z. How could you butcher it? And they butchered the shit out of it. And then they're like confused as to why, like, why this happen. Hashtag Hollywood. Yeah, it's like because you guys took a shit. You shit the bed again and brought us here. So, yeah. Mm. Oh, well. (laughs) What were we talking about? Passengers? Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, I like the tangents. They're good, man. So, actually, yeah. So, getting back to Passengers, I wanted to talk about another movie called Passengers. 
Okay. <laughs> so this movie was, this is partly, this is obviously because James is talking about a movie called Passengers, but this is also because it has your favorite actress in it, uh, Evan, Anne Hathaway. Anne Hathaway. Oh, I like Anne Hathaway. I know you do. Now, would this be an example of a homophone? Um, or a homograph? Yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so this is another movie by the same name, but it was released in 2008. And it is about a woman who works as a grief counselor, and she works with a group of people who survived a plane crash. Mm-hmm. But it's, you know, it's a mystery. It's kind of a weird thing because like people like she thinks like people are are from the airline are trying to come around and say you know threaten the people and be like don't don't say anything and you know right you'll hear from our legal team mm -hmm, this whole it's this whole thing so it's i i actually have this movie on my computer but i have not had a chance to watch it yet so i definitely want to check it out just because it's called passengers Mm -hmm. And Let me tell you, you're going to be sound, let down. It doesn't sound half bad. It doesn't sound half bad. You're going to be let down. I'm just going to say that. Probably. It's going to ruin your day. Probably. <laughs> um, Mike, I, you should. I kind of so read the should... plot, and it sounds interesting. So I was like, okay. I have, I have two other movies for you. You should watch those two back to back. Then you should watch Up in the Air with George Clooney and Anna Kendrick. Now, that's actually, all... actually supposed to be a good movie. It is a good movie. Right. And we're, we're Anna Kendrick fans. Yes. And following that, you should watch the Kevin Bacon classic, The Air Up There. Oh, my God. For for some, some I don't throwback wanna, Thursday. I don't want to be inspired, Evan. Jesus. I don't want to be it's inspired. Not, it's not inspiring. I don't believe you. I, I mean, it was not inspiring to me. It was more of a uh, a waste of time to me, but <laughs> you should... <laughs> Okay. You know, they're 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 vaguely related because some of the words in the title are the same. So that's uh you can make that association. And they're both movies. That is correct. I, I mean, like, debatable, wow. debatable. Um but uh technically correct, which as we all know is the best kind of correct. Uh technically they are both movies. Mhm. Yep. So, if you don't want to be inspired, yeah. Um, and you might want to like hang yourself at the end of it. Here's one for you. Put in the show notes. It's called Project Twelve: The Bunker, <laughs> featuring. Uh, can anyone guess who? Um, give me Eric the f- Roberts. Yes. Is it? Ah! Of I course. was going to guess that, but I thought it would be too obvious. I was going to ask you for their initials. <laughs> Nope, yep, yep. You know who taught me who Eric Roberts was and why why he was important? <laughs> Michael. Yeah. <laughs> Michael's like this guy's in every shitty movie and his his sister's super famous. What the fuck? Dude. And I every time I see him in a movie I'm like, "Why? <laughs> like yeah. why are you in this movie?" Yeah. Um yeah, speaking, this was good. Uh, I was going to say speaking of shitty movies, one that I turned on for background noise the other day was made in 2016. It was Kindergarten Cop 2. Starring Dolph Lundgren and Bill Bellamy. Yes, what? I saw. I saw a few minutes of that, and I was like, "I nope, I can't." Yeah. Anyways, continue with your synopsis. I'm sorry, sorry for interrupting. You're telling me? Yeah. 
I, I oh, thought horrible. I interrupted you. Oh no, it's horrible. It's just uh, I watched it. I watched it today while I was eating. Um, while I was eating breakfast, it was horrible. It's it's it's, it's like it's the worst movie you've ever seen in your time. While life. you were feeding. <laughs> <laughs> yes, while well, I was feeding, um, and it was just a really bad movie. Uh, Eric Roberts is in it, and essentially, and what is it called? Project, Project 12, Twelve, the bunker, the bunker. Yeah, Project basically, 12, the they're saying that in Cold War Russia. Eric Roberts and a team of other scientists were building some kind of project, and Eric Roberts later on, and now 2016, hires some mercenaries to go and get the key, get the codes, da 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 da, da from the, from these various other scientists and kill them, take all the stuff, and then he wants them to go and get the prototype. But he doesn't tell them what it is or what, you know. So they end up going into this bunker, and of course the prototypes are fucking like, what do you think the prototypes are, Mark, Michael? Guess. I couldn't tell. Are they clones? Yes, super soldiers or something. Yes. Oh, of course they are. You know, oh, it's the movies covered in Japanese on the on the thing. Yeah, and when I saw it, it was like I saw it covered in Japanese. It's like, oh, this might be good. It might be some weird Japanese thing, you know. And then I watched it, and it's like the it's like Der Bunker. I was like, oh, it's in German. <laughs> and then it, there's there's no German, but there's also no subtitles, and there's speaking like four different languages throughout the movie. It's like Syria, like you know, Arabic and G- Russian and well, there's German. No, there's no things because you obtained it. Yeah, through illegally. Less, less than yeah. scrupulous. <laughs> yeah, of course. Methods. Of course. But, yeah, I was just like, alright, whatever. But, um, yeah, I watched it, and it was fucking junk. It fucking didn't make any sense. It's nonsensical junk. It's funny, you know, when you watch a movie of this caliber, those same alerts and alarms that my brain has towards, like, why is he doing that? Why, why do they do that in this movie? They don't go off. It's like my brain just expects less, so it's like, nah. <laughs> Don't even think about it. Like, you don't even think... It's like, yeah, like what Evan says, like just something taking up noise, just burning away noise in the background. Dumbing down society. Basically. Um, since uh, since we're talking about Eric Roberts, I'm going to give a special shout out to one of our listeners and the movie called The Specialist. Oh my God. Which also stars uh, Eric Roberts, Sylvester Stallone, and Sharon Stone. Now, I thought you were this... going to say, and Cher. Yeah, right. Now, this movie... I can't. I've seen this movie, although it was a very long time ago. I can't say that I enjoyed it. I thought it moved way too slow. <laughs> um, you know, not a lot of action in what I thought would be an action movie. So maybe my expectations were just too high or too, or I had the wrong expectations. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But whatever. <laughs> Lowered expectations. <laughs> That's <Yeah>. right. <laughs> exactly. So, yep, another one for you, The Specialist. The Specialist. Mm-hmm. Yep. We got a lot of bad movies this week. Sure do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, well, let's talk about something a little more exciting. Looks like, uh, is that James who got into a little got into a little beta here? That's right. That's right. I got, got into some gunfights this weekend. Nice. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, uh... A friend of mine, I signed up for the beta for Ghost Recon Wildlands, did not get in, but for some reason, this goofy friend of mine who is, uh, he's one of the guys in my Star Citizen org, he got in and he gave me his one of his, they give you, every person who gets in, they give you four beta keys. So they gave him, so he gave me one of his four beta keys and I downloaded the 22 gigs worth of, 25 gigs worth of game 
on Friday night after we went to our festivities and I stayed up from 4 a.m. when I got home to like 6 a.m. playing the fucking game. And also, no, I played it that night when I got home too. When I got home from work, I played it from till about seven and then left the house and went to meet up with everybody to go hang out. But um, yeah, it's amazing. It's quite good. Even though this, this beta is really a buggy pile of shit. What's the game? Um, Ghost Recon Wildlands. Hmm. So it's it's got some of the same elements as you're used to in your regular Ghost Recon games, but it's also an all different game because it has uh it's basically a open world. Um I don't know how big the world is. It's probably about as big as like one of the one of the uh countries that you fuck around on in Arma, if that means anything. Well it doesn't mean anything to any of you guys, but to like anyone a- Grand Theft Auto map, like a small it's, country itself. It's probably bigger than that. Yeah, oh, okay. it's probably bigger than that. It's it's pretty big. It seems pretty large. I mean, we played the beta. The closed beta only took place in one province of a twenty-one province area, and it was huge. It was massive. I mean, it'd take you about five minutes to get across from one place to another. So maybe more like Skyrim. Mm, yeah, probably. Things a little bit bigger than Skyrim. They I've heard, but yeah, about like that. Okay, you know. Um, but basically, each province has a has a boss, or has a has a, a boss of this of something, and then an underboss, and then whatever, whatever, whatever. So um, there's an underboss, and then a bucho. And so the in the section we were in, we, we had to fight. We had to fight against these two guys. Uh, anyway, let me let me go get into it. Basically, the whole concept is. Uh, Delta Force, or the activity, or the unit, or the ghost, um, which actually the ghost is not, the ghost unit is not the same as the activity, or the, or the unit, but they're, I'm gonna call them that because they're not a thing that exists in real life. So, anyway, the unit, they, they're called in because an American D agent was tortured and killed by the Santa Blanca drug cartel. And the cartel's all over the fucking place. And you just spend the entire game ducking and dodging these guys and trying to execute missions for these rebels. Um, But they give you some really unique gameplay elements. Like you can call in, the rebels can do mortar strikes for you, and they can deliver you vehicles and stuff. And, you know, you can get the rebels to come in and assist your forces up until like a a large, from a small group of four, three or four guys to a, a large group of like 10 guys, all AI players who just run in and go fucking ape shit. Um, it's pretty cool. Uh, the game is fucking awesome, honestly. I like it. There's some buggy stuff about it, and I have some things I hope they fix. Some of the AI... Um, it's a four-player co-op game, but uh, if you play by yourself, you get three co-op AI players who are part of your team, so you're never alone. You always have these three guys with you, which is nice. So if you die, you know someone's there to get you up, um, medic you or whatever. Quick question. Yeah, good. Compare that to The Division. Um, it's way better, way better. Uh, the reason is, and a lot of people are comparing it to the division, but it's very different. The division's an RPG. It's a tactical RPG, which these two things do not go together, but that's what the division is. So that's why the division doesn't work as well. Also, the division's very small. The world is very small. Um, the the division is, this is like the place that I played today. The place that I've been playing is probably the size of the division's world, you know, and the PVP element there really isn't a PvP element. It's all co-op. 
you know, which is like so you you're playing against these bad guys, and honestly, I appreciate that. Like the PvP element in in uh, in uh, the division was more like it was like invented by somebody who's never heard of internet trolls. You know, <laughs> yeah. like it's like they like they kind of thought, oh, we're depending on the better goodness of human beings. I mean, what are you stupid? Yeah, you know, they've obviously never played Team Fortress Two. Yeah, exactly. It's like these guys just join your group in the division just so that they can wait like two hours so they can talk you into going to go in the dark zone and then rape you of all your shit for five minutes of fucking thieving glory and hearing you be salty. You know, I mean, it's just not it's not fun because of that kind of stuff. So if you don't want to deal with the PvP, unfortunately, there's nothing else for you in the division. And um, the division does not lend itself to teamwork very well, even though it should. But you have to build a game that forces players to want to work as a team. And this game does, because this game you get severely punished if you don't work together. Um, the reason I say that is because, like, say you have a basic map or basic area to attack, like um, you have a, a house to attack, and there's five guys in the property, and you have to get a piece of intel from inside the upstairs bedroom. You've got sight lines in three directions, from for snipers and you've got um driveways that you can put mines down or whatever in this game you can make it so everybody can work together you can have two snipers up you can have two guys placing mines and doing the actual raid and you can be very very effective you know um use your drones to to tart to uh sight in all the targets and then use sync shot to make it so that everybody takes their shots at the same time bringing all the bad guys down at once but if you don't work as a team and you all just kind of like don't speak to each other, don't use the inside the game voice over IP, which is awesome, uh, and you just kind of run loose in there, then you're going to be in a situation where people are going to be like, you know, they're going to someone, some kid's going to Leroy Jenkins run in there, go hot, and fucking start blasting with his saw at, at these guys. And the first thing that's going to happen is you're going to hear this radio, Spanish radio chatter over your comms and then it's going to say reinforcements are coming in and like fucking 15 fucking loads of guys are going to come pouring out of the fucking woodwork from all over the place like you're going to be like where were these guys they're going to come from everywhere and then you're not going to win you know it's going to be a bloodbath so you have to work together if you want to be successful so what we're going to see on the internet once this game comes out is we're going to see guys who have done that same stuff like uh, you guys probably don't had never followed him but there was a guy named, uh, I want to say it's Saucony or Sorcery or Sanctity or something. Anyway, he was a very famous DayZ player that had this squad of guys who played with him. And they would work like, they would like dominate the DayZ servers, in a, you know, just playing tactically. And it forced everyone to be like, yo, we need comms in this game. Yo, we need, we need team speak. We need mumble. We need something. And, and that's what this game is going to do because you can't play this game alone. And like, you could play it by yourself with your AI players if you want, but even that's not going to be as good. Like, there's just things you can't do by yourself. Like, I can't tell an AI player, put up the drone and, and search around for me or place a mine here. You know, probably that's my my biggest complaint about this game is that I wish I had more granular controls for your AI players, which they they don't have that now. It, maybe it'll be in the in the full release of the game, but it's not in the beta. So, Question. Yeah. Now, I mean, a lot of sports games have this feature, but can you, like, if you if you're playing and you have a team of three AI players, can you jump between them and do tasks? No. Like as okay. That's one thing I wish they could do. That'd be great because. 
I would put like like there's a, there's a designated AI sniper. He has a great sniper rifle, but I don't know what he does with a sniper rifle. You know, if you say if you do a sync shot with the AI players, so basically I target a guy standing in a field, and I target two of them. So I have a sync shot one one and a sync shot on the other. Those guys, the, the guys on my crew, they get into position. I don't know if they actually do or not. I don't think they actually do because I've watched their icons. They just kind of wander around in a circle. So that's annoying. There's no real, you know, realism to that. But so they get into position, quote unquote, and then they say ready. And if the guy moves, the guy they're trying to shoot moves out of sight, then you'll see them. They're like, it'll say, okay, he's, I lost my target, whatever. But let's say that they have the target. It's waiting for me to either A, hit Q to uh, fire, to tell them to fire or waiting for me to fire on a target. So let's say I shoot on a, on a third target. Those two guys will always, every single time, without fail, kill their target. Okay? And that's pretty annoying because it's too real. It's too non-realistic. It's, it's immersion breaking that these guys are perfect. I mean, I guess they're, they're Ghost Recon pro snipers, whatever, but I don't know. It just feels like it's like the sync shot's 100% every time. Mm-hmm. You know, I wish it was... Eh. And I wish they would move around more common sense. You know, the AI is not very good. It's it's not what I expect. It's kind of odd because if you free one of the rebels who been if the reb there's every now and then you'll see a cage with rebels in it locked up by the Santa Blanca cartel. I watch the oddest behavior. You shoot the thing and the rebels run out. They start yelling at you in Spanish. They run to an ammo crate. Like where you would go get your ammo, they run to the ammo crate, pull out an AK-47, and then go start killing the fucking the cartel members. <laughs> and I saw that, and I thought, this is a fucking weird ass behavior. I was like, I was like, this is like somebody programmed this in, and those those so that so that those um, rebels would be like really, they're smart, you know, like they're they're really smart, and they're they hide like one thing they've done really well is hiding and prioritizing targets over like like bringing people up so for the ai players my character is prioritized to be revived if i'm shot but not over the general safety of the area that i'm in so they will take they will kill all the targets around me and then come and revive me it's pretty smart and I've almost uh, probably I can't think of one single instance when I played with the AI characters that they did not do that and revive me. Um, but then another time, one of them and I the first time I ever saw this, I thought they were invincible. But the first time I ever saw this, the AI characters, one of them got shot and he went down. Well, he lay there and I, I was way away from them. So I was like, so one of those other guys is going to take care of it. None of them ever addressed his fucking being shot. He just sat there bleeding out. and. I don't think they have a bleed out timer because they never, I didn't see any like things showing me that they were bleeding out was going down. So I think they just kept bleeding, bleeding, bleeding until I get to them. So I finally got to him. And when I got there, there was a guy standing right next to him shooting like on our team. Uh, another AI player was right next to him. So they, 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 he could have gone behind cover. This guy was behind cover. He could have gone behind cover and just fucking took care of him, but he didn't, you know, it's just, it's really weird and some, some oversights. And I hate to say this, but. That's the kind of stuff that Star Citizen wouldn't do because the the level of detail is like so hardcore that they're like, yeah, why is this player here? You're not going to have AI characters that are just wandering around. You know what I mean? And that's what these guys do. A lot of them just kind of wander around. You have fucking random citizens walking up and down the street. And you're like, where are they going? Like, where are they all going? There's nowhere to even go. 
they're all walking somewhere and they're all on the side of a road. I'm like, where are they all these fucking Bolivians going? It's just weird, <laughs> man. It, so there's certain things that, you know, I'm just look at, I'm like, okay, they, the, the thing about this game that's really good is you go in there, you play the open player matching system, or you have your play with your friends and you go knock over some of these really high level missions and bosses at like the highest level of difficulty. And you'll have a great time. You know, because there's so many different things you can do night ops and do, you can turn on thermals and fucking go ninja on people and fucking, I watched a video where a guy did a mission all by himself without his AI players with like 15 guards around him and he did it in full ghost mode. So the highest level of difficulty and he was never seen, Mm -hmm. you know, and it involved sneaking into a compound, sneaking, going to a guy's, to a cell, breaking the guy out of the cell, talking to the guy, and then escorting himself and the guy out of the cell, out of the base without being, and he did it without being seen, you know, like that was like the kind of thing you're like, holy shit, you know, that was pretty cool. Um, so there's, there's, there's a million ways to do every mission here, which is what I like. It gives you, like, you really have tactical flexibility to like plan and, and really pull some shit off. I mean, we flew a helicopter. We did a mission that was really challenging and it involved getting to a helicopter before the lieutenant of the the cartel took it and flew off with it. Cause once he gets in it, you're hosed. You can't do anything about it because you're not supposed to destroy the helicopter. You're supposed to kill all the assets around it and then take the helicopter. So we flew in above them with our helicopter, two guys parachuted out and the other two guys landed off in the distance and then hoofed it in. And we linked up almost in the middle and it was like fucking amazing. It was like a brilliant, like little bit of strategy. And I thought to myself, this is like something that's not possible. It's like the, the game is not linear, which is beautiful. Like you just have options upon options. It's awesome. So yeah, that's it. I, I think there, your couple of complaints can be easily adjusted before yeah. it gets out of beta. Yeah, I think so too. There probably will be. It's probably just beta stuff. You know, like they obviously they need to fix that where the guy doesn't heal the other guy and stuff like Are that. Are you so. submitting feedback to their development team? Of course not, dude. <laughs> Perhaps you should. Mm, be like, oh man, no one else has uh has discussed that. That's actually a good point. Well, There's a few vicious bugs I need to write about actually, so maybe I will put some bug reports in because I found a few nasty ones. I mean, that, that's how games get better. Yep. You know, James, you you said that. Uh... One thing you said was, you know, you could you could have someone like put up a drone or something for you. Yeah. So th- this is gonna go off on a little tangent, but that's okay. Uh, this reminded me of the book that I think you and I have both read called The Red. Yeah, absolutely. And that's exactly what they have. It's about a squad of soldiers who, um, they have it's set sometime in the future, and they have. They have a drone that's always up watching them, and then they have a handler who works remotely who is advising them, you know, and seeing everything through the drone and blah, blah, blah. It sounds pretty cool. If our if our armed forces aren't doing that now, um, I'd be surprised, actually. I'm sure they are. Providing uh, intel. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Real-time intel. Yep. Yeah, Linda Nagata, The Red. Yeah, it's a great book. Great, it was a great series of books. I hope there's more, though. I hope she makes some more. Yeah, I just looked. There's still only three, at least only three on Audible. Yeah. So, anywho. All right. Oh, you know what? Something I thought was cool 
I hovered the helicopter. I was flying the helicopter. I hovered it for the other guy was who was in my squad of this random dude. And he, I said, okay, I told him, I said, all right, find the lieutenant and snipe. <laughs> and he just starts sniping. He's just picking off guys, you know, and it was like really cool. He, like he sniped that we had two snipers going and it was like, we eliminated all the forces. It's pretty cool, man, to be able to do that. Just options, man. That's what normal gamers don't get. Like you play a game, you don't get any options. There's no flexibility. And this game has a lot of it. It's a solid endorsement. Mm-hmm. Well, good. I have nothing else to contribute. Mike, what's your favorite game? Star the Trek game of Star life. Fleet Academy. Oh boy, we should do. Uh, you should do a special on that. Yeah, we'll <laughs> revisit the eighties. Eighties, <laughs> man, come on. Was it the nineties? The nineties. Sorry, is <laughs> a four-bit side scroller. <laughs> yeah, that's one of the few games I've actually played with another person, like over the internet or over, you know, like a multiplayer over the whatever. And yep. this is actually, we were playing modem to modem, where one person dials up directly to the other person. Oh, so this is like one of those text games where you're like looking, it's like, okay, the bridge is on fire, and you're no, like, yes. No, 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 this is, no, it's graphic. I'm, just, I'm giving, I'm giving yeah. you shit. I'm giving you shit. <laughs> I used to play Descent like that. Oh, yeah? Yep. Nice. I played a submarine game like that. Modem to modem. A submarine game? What submarine Yeah. Game? I can't remember what it was called to save my life, but yeah, I gave my neighbors a copy of it, and we played, and they dialed into my modem, and we they were in one sub, and I was in the other sub, and they didn't even know how to play the game, but I just wanted to do the multiplayer. Blew them out of the was, water. Fucking yeah, wrecked. I thought it was really cool. Yeah, that game was too realistic for its own good. Like It was like, you, you know, you fire, and it's like, you just fire blindly. <laughs> you know, like, so, like, because you're in a submarine, so it's like, you basically, your only targeting information was, was like, boom, like a ping, you know? <laughs> yeah. That was all you had to target, so you're fucked if you couldn't hit them, and I, like, barely ever hit anybody, but it was a cool game. Hmm. Good. Well, all right. Sounds good. Shall we move on to, uh, to the Yum update? Talk about some, some fat stuff? Yes, please do. All right. So I think we're we're all no strangers to the fact that worms have been used in weight loss uh, along the history of uh, modern man, all the way back to the the beginning of the 20th century when people would take a pill with a tapeworm egg on purpose. So because oh. they thought that uh, they were like. I'm going to paraphrase from something else. I thought they were like, oh, these poor people are pretty skinny. I guess the poor people have tapeworms, so I'm going to eat a tapeworm. And then when they inevitably lost a certain amount of weight, they would take another pill that would kill the tapeworm. But this is not that. So <laughs> Is that possible? Is that a thing that we can do? It's a thing, but it. so the reason for weight loss is not because they thought it was because like the tapeworm would eat the food. What happens is the tapeworm causes so much irritation in your gastrointestinal tract that you don't keep any food in. Oh. Yeah. Mm. So it's not, don't do it. It sounds like fun. All Tapeworms right, no are not a good thing. <laughs> uh, so anyways, some, some researchers in California have used a certain species of roundworm, um, which is apparently often used for genetic testing because they're easy to track. And uh, like mice, you know, you can just like breed 
breed certain features, breed certain genetic traits like crazy. Um, but they have isolated a hormone trigger that um, tells fat to burn. So they identify the gene that encodes a neuropeptide in these in these I was about to say mice in these worms called neuropeptide uh, and neuro neuropeptide cake with mint frosting. <laughs> oh jeez! <laughs> uh, they they found the delicious. The, uh, <laughs> they found the mechanism that triggered this hormone FLP seven, which has a known human equivalent. So it ha- and that has something to do with serotonin, which we're, we're probably all vaguely familiar with. Uh, James is going dark. Interesting. Interesting mm-hmm. tactic there. Sniping. <laughs> um, so they found a way to, what they did was they triggered the release of serotonin and uh, that subsequently triggered the release of this FLP7 hormone, which they subsequently tagged with a fluorescent red protein so they could track it. So then what they did was they examined how all this went down and were able to replicate the mechanism so they were able to release this hormone uh without flooding the uh flooding the worms with you know a huge serotonin release mm-hmm. so if if they bring this to human trials or probably more realistic you know mice trials and and animal trials first then um if it holds true that that this equivalent human hormone is in fact you know uh the uh the cause of burning fat uh in your gut then you know it could be the the magic pill could become a thing magic weight loss pill that we've all been waiting for that's hmm. right yeah but i thought it was just interesting well eat our scientific eat our, research eat our food in pill form and uh yeah you know you take a pill it's like mm, mashed potatoes you know i don't know <laughs> like, that would be horrible <laughs> And then they could take another pill to throw it up. No, to uh... <laughs> Jesus, sir, sir, that's called epicac. That already exists, <laughs> but not in pill form. Not in pill form. That's correct. Okay, right. you're, you're going to have to pour a cup's worth of epicac syrup into a pill made from these roundworm casings, and then swallow Ugh. that, and Ugh. then then you vomit. Then you vomit up your artificial mashed potatoes. Right. Okay. That is fucking horrible. Yeah. All right. So, oh, we'll keep an eye on that. Maybe in 10, 20 years. Yeah, something like that. We'll get there. All right. When well, we're worry. all we'll, too we'll, far gone. Yeah, we'll be all, we'll all be dead then by then. So that's fine. <laughs> that's fine. Yeah. Not lasting too much longer here. You know, this is yeah. now. We're on our way out. Mm-hmm. This podcast is a uh, a chronicle of our dying days. You're welcome. Mm. Jesus. <laughs> So, Evan, metallic yes. hydrogen. Yes, this is something I wanted to talk about last week, but I felt uh, I needed to do a little bit more investigating, and I did a little bit more investigating, um, and I'm going to sort of summarize it like this. So, uh, a team at Harvard University has, quote-unquote, made uh, metallic hydrogen, which was first theorized in 1935. The way they did this was compressing liquid hydrogen which happens at like negative 14 degrees um uh, i think it's centigrade it might not be it might, it might be kelvin actually but at very low celsius no centigrade my friend centigrade <laughs> um but they compressed this liquid hydrogen 
in a carefully engineered vice made of diamonds at a temperature just above absolute zero. My vice is made of diamonds. (laughs) (laughs) Makes my dookie sprinkle. (laughs) Um, So anyways, the first stage was when the pressure began to build, their sample of liquid hydrogen began to compress and it turned dark, which meant it was turning into a form of solid hydrogen. They continued to up the pressure. And what they noticed is at approximately 5 million times the pressure at sea level, their sample became reflective, which is typically indicative of a metal. So if this is true, and I say if because it hasn't been like peer-reviewed or um, recreated or anything, it could be another option for a room temperature superconductor, which is a big issue with like MRIs, and um, electronics, because a lot of energy loss happens in you know, transferring the energy throughout the circuit. But if you have a superconductor, it's like a, a loss-free power transfer. So it, it you know, can hold incredible possibilities for the future. It's stable, which means it could potentially, if they can reverse the process and have it like, say, a stable block and then turn it back into liquid hydrogen then it could be used for solid rocket fuel which is much safer than the liquid hydrogen and and liquid oxygen that we use now don't they use Um, solid rocket fuel now uh not for like nasa i thought maybe for smaller rockets do they yeah they do i thought Uh, those those are the things that fall away yeah some of them are solid they're solid there's the Mm -hmm. solid rocket boosters the srbs I will look into that and uh, and check back. I mean, I don't know what solidly made out of what. I have no idea. But yeah, and that might well, be. Well, I'm talking about the fuel, not the not the material. I'm talking no, about no, the fuel. Yeah, yeah, we're talking about the fuel too. The yeah. fuel okay. solid, but um, it very well we very well very well may be very out of date with that information. That could be like you know, the last Apollo launch was using SRB. You know what I mean? It could be something like that. So I don't know, but. Okay, I'll make I know some of them use liquid whatever, you know, liquid, you know, whatever, whatever the fuck. All right. Um, JP5 or something. <laughs> a polymimetic liquid alloy. Biomimetic gel packs. <laughs> All right, Voyager. So uh, the reason I wanted to actually take another week and sort of look into this was because of some of the skepticism. And so, like, some of the unique conditions. So, as I said, it has not been peer-reviewed. Um I'm skeptical right now, too. The, uh, you know, I expect nothing less. That's the professional scientist in all of us. Um, so the diamonds they used were coated in aluminum oxide to aid in their, like, structural integrity under the pressures. So some, you know, some other physicists were like, uh, you know, when you say your sample turned shiny, maybe it was just the aluminum oxide, like, transferring onto the material. Maybe it's not actually a metal. Um Another thing that was said was the team could not like a hundred percent constantly measure the pressure because they did so using lasers and they were measuring the pressure in the diamonds. And when they fired the laser into the diamonds, it sort of compromised their structure a little bit. So they couldn't do it constantly. Um, They haven't actually checked if the material is conductive or even if it's solid, they just wanted to like publish these results, you know, first basically, but all that being said, if it's true, 
if it's able to be replicated, if it's able to be scalable, um, it could be pretty amazing. So, Evan. Yes. Hydrogen. Yes. So, let's back up here. Yep. It has a molecular mass of one. What is metal? Metal? Yeah. Fucking so brutal. (laughs) (laughs) Walked right into that one. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I can't really give you a a chemist's definition. I thought it was only certain certain elements on the periodic table are considered to be a metal. Yes. I mean, in their solo form. But this, it, if this happens to be true, then this could be I, I, maybe a new state of matter, if you want to call it that. Uh-huh. So this has, a, you know, supposedly never been created before. Hmm. So, fair question. I don't have a good answer, but some of the attributes of metal are basically, like, it's reflective. (laughs) So, like, I'm looking here. It says about 91 of the 118 elements in the periodic table are metals. Yep. The others are non-metals or metalloids. Mm -hmm. I'm assuming hydrogen is not a metal. I believe that is the correct assessment. Isn't it a noble gas? Uh, I think that is in the, well, you didn't make up the term, but I think the noble gas is the rightmost column of, uh, of the periodic table, though it could be the very first column. Um, I think it's been so long. I think we're getting pretty hung up on these things. And, you know, I think metal is a form. Here's the thing. Gas is a form. Liquid is a form. Well, no, you can't have water that's metal. I mean. Yeah, but water water can be a gas. Water is a water is a conglomerate. Well, yeah, but okay. Water is reflective. Is it, mm-hmm. does that make it a metal all of a sudden? I mean, what is reflective? Mercury is reflective. Mercury is reflective, and that's a metal. It's a metal. I I Gallium believe is reflective. It's a metal. I believe water is not reflective. I believe water might be refractive. Yeah, exactly. It reflects. Things. No, no. Use your you, look. You can't talk a little bit of science and then be way off the point on other stuff, Michael. My water is reflective, not ref, it's refractive. Whatever. It's what Evan said. <laughs> Holy shit! So mercury so is reflective. Fair. That's a fair question. But water is made up of two elements. Yeah, it's not a yeah. There's this no is, water. This thing. is taking essentially pure hydrogen, Michael. and changing its structure. By by what you said, Michael, can dock sauce be made into a metal? It we'll is never know. <laughs> it is reflective. Yeah, is that plastic a metal? <laughs> that That's pack the it's in? asking the real questions. Is plastic a metal? Hmm. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I, I can I can look into that too because I mean you have me a little bit curious. But uh, what is, isn't plastic like a rubber or something? Uh, polymer? I don't know. It's a petroleum product. Yeah, it's petroleum based. Yeah. Yep. And these these are like asking is is an apple an orange? Nope, it's not. Right. Yeah. So is hydrogen a metal? No, it's not. No, but metallic hydrogen is metallic hydrogen because you change its state of matter into something that's different. Poppycock. <laughs> yeah, I think I think saying a metal is just saying a f- this is its current form. There is no metal. There's no metal atom or metal thing. Something called metal on the 
periodic table. It's just a form, you know? We need to bring in uh, Nathan Explosion a, to do a, a deep dive on this. It's a classification of certain, yeah. certain it's elements. A, okay, well, like it's what's, a state of matter. What is stone? Is stone a metal? I mean, eh, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. It's a mineral. Shut up. Smarty <laughs> fucking fuck fuck. Shut up. I looked up what noble, yeah, noble, noble gases are. Yeah, Evan, you're right. It's... It's definitely it's not the hydrogen. far right column. Yeah, it's like xenon, neon, whatever, yeah. you know. All the good radioactive ones. Yeah, all that kind of shit. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, that's my little synopsis on med- on on medical hydrogen. I thought on you were the- say on metallurgy. I'm like, mm, <laughs> look at you trying to trigger Mike. <laughs> like you fucking no. Yeah, Mike's like, triggered, bitch. I'm coming to your house. <laughs> Next week, uh, I review my first chapter of the new book, Alchemy. Is it metal? That's right. That's right. <laughs> so, um, the second Can I make link... gold from Michael's salty tears? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> With enough pressure. Yes, you can. Pure pressure. I mean, uh, the second. I mean... Okay, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, the second link I have in there is a. I've titled a combo video. Um, I found this video like earlier today. It actually talks about metallic hydrogen and the saccharitis, which I was like, what the fuck is this video? So it talks about two things that I talked about today. Oh, okay. You know, it's not exactly the same thing, but I thought it was for a minute. James, in the book that we read, Demon? Yeah. They talk about something that's very much like that. Like what? Whatever, Sacco, whatever. Saccharitis. Saccharitis. What do they say about? What are they talking oh, they about? They talk about saccharinus or saccharine. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I vaguely remember that. And at first, I thought Evan was talking about the same thing, which maybe it is, and I'm just remembering it wrong. I don't know. No, no, no. I'm talking about bag wrinkles. <sighs> okay. Smooth as eggs. <laughs> uh huh. Uh huh. Okay. All right. We'll uh, check out that video. It's only five minutes. Almost six minutes long. Yeah, actually, it's a pretty good explanation of uh, of both topics. All right, well, then maybe I'll check that out, and maybe I'll reverse my stance on this whole metallic hydrogen. It's like, you know. I mean, you know, the um, the jury's out, I'll say. Uh, you know, it's it has not been, it has not been uh, replicated, so we'll see. Metallic hydrogen. Dude, you're gonna be hung up on this for like six months, aren't it's you? Silly, it's silly. <laughs> Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Our education level dictates that anyone from a college says something is true. We kind of basically have to be like, all right, you know. So if someone from DeVry comes up to you and is like metallic hydrogen, you're like, all right, because you have nothing. You can't stand on. They have no fucking educational leg to stand on. Neither oh, that, of us do. Dude, that reminds me, Mike. Did you see the the Reddit thing I sent you? Which one? They were like talking about um, human trials from Rockwell Automotive or or something like that, and the first comment was like, "Are they going to use the turbo encabulator or the retro encabulator?" Yeah, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> so if it sounds scientific, it doesn't necessarily mean it's true. Yeah, that's why we do have a peer review process. True, mm-hmm. true. Mm-hmm. Turbo encabulator or the retro encabulator. <laughs> I saw. I, I I told my coworkers about the turbo encabulator, and they had never heard of it. And they watched it. They were like, "Holy shit! <laughs> this is amazing." That's awesome. Oh, by the way, a new curse that I heard in uh, Ghost Recon Wildlands. Fuck a female, stick. 
No, no, the female character, she says shitballs, but no, another one she says, she says cock holster. And I had never heard that before. <laughs> She's like, cock holster, cock holster. I'm like, what? I thought that was a uh, derogatory term for either a woman or, yes. or I assume a it is part of a woman. I assume it is, but she says it to the Santa Blanca cartel members when they shoot at her. She calls them cock holsters. So, mm-hmm. and she's a woman. So, I guess it means it's okay for women to say for 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 pe- everyone to say. Okay, it's there. She's she's claimed it. She's like it's our word. So, second continue. Oh, kind of like approved. Okay, um, not kind of like anything. Shut yeah. up. Keep, yeah. keep moving. Yeah. <laughs> 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 <Fucking> guy. <laughs> That's our word. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a kind of like oh fuck out of here. <laughs> oh man. Good stuff. All right, so I put in here something to lighten the mood: granny prostitutes. Ugh. Yes. So it turns out in South Korea, they have a problem with elderly people who are poor, and some of them make ends meet by prostituting themselves. And for roughly thirty dollars. Yep, it's ten dollars for the room and thirty dollars for the woman. A seventy-eight-year-old. <laughs> They interviewed a 78-year-old sex worker. Whose they, pimp was her husband. They just call her Madam Park, not her yeah. real name. So Mike actually, I reminded Mike, we were supposed to talk about this last week. Mm-hmm. And when he sent me the link originally, before I actually watched the video or read any any part of the article, I was like, well, I guess that's, you know, I can understand that business. There are certain fetishes. They've got a niche market. And then he was like, no, 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 watch it. I was like, oh, they have no other choice. I was like, oh, that's sad. <laughs> what, 10.30 a.m.? I mean, oh my God, there's so many things wrong with this story. You know, fucking in the a.m., 78-year-old. The woman's like, I just close my eyes and wait for it to be over. I'm like, Jesus Christ, yeah. it's so sad. It's not even like she's like, I love cocks. I'm a cock holster. You know what I mean? She's just like, kill me now. Super sad. Yeah. Thanks for lighting the mood, Mike. Mm-hmm. That's all good. I do what I can. Yep. So, yeah, you know what else you can do? You can uh, move a couple inches closer to the fucking microphone. Whatever, bro. No. There we go. All right. So, next, again, to lighten the mood. And in honor of Black History Month, no, I'm kidding. Um, two women were arrested for animal cruelty in Maryland. And the noteworthy part is that one is Malcolm X's daughter, the other <laughs> one and it is the granddaughter. <laughs> oh my God. What were they doing? Please don't tell me it was something stupid like dog fighting. Please tell me something ridiculous like chicken fucking. Oh no, it's something stupid like dog Damn fighting it's or something. Assholes. And they have. They have uh, Shabazz Alam or whatever her Mm -hmm. name is. Mm -hmm. Yep. Exactly. Malika Saban Shabazz. Isn't that sad? I know her name like that. And Betty Bahia Shabazz. Seven pit bull terriers, some with severe injuries, were found in the back of a truck being kept in inhumane conditions. They were charged with seven counts of animal cruelty and theft. Apparently, the the truck was stolen also. The truck had been reported stolen in Vermont earlier the same day. Jesus. It was found in in 
Prince George's County. Yeah, that's a hell of a drive. What yeah. the hell were they doing? I mean, it has to be dogfighting or something. I don't know. No, but it's this weird. I don't understand. How do you go from Malcolm X's daughter to here? Who knows? I know that, like, just because your father was famous and someone who people were sort of respected or hated doesn't mean that you all of a sudden become famous and rich, but I feel like she should be at a museum talking about her dad or, you know, I mean, I don't know. Not doing this. I mean, come on. Is dogfighting that profitable that you would take such a risk? Probably. People are stupid. People are fucking dumb. Dude, man, I, I can't believe this is still a thing. I mean, even after, like, the whole Michael Vick thing, you'd think, I like, can't either. I mean, people still do this. Like, I mean, really? I guess I know they do, but still. Like, really? Really, bro? This is this is how we live? I mean, come on. This is fucking crazy. I mean, so. in, what, Vietnam, they fight chickens, and apparently in Great Britain, they fight, they fought, they had dogs killing rats. I mean, it's, if, you, if you're willing to bet on it, someone's willing to supply you the fucking animals. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. At true. least with cockfighting, like the the audience, or well, in some places the audience is like, you get to eat the loser. Like it's food. You not you don't eat the dog if it loses. Well, the dog is food in some places. Yeah, that's not that's not what's happening here. But, in you some know. places in PG County. <laughs> yeah, apparently. Yeah, right. But no, that's not what's happening here. Here, this is just fucking plain old. And you know, this is the kind of thing I don't understand. I mean. For some reason, this is like one of the exclusive donations. Well, no, I shouldn't say that. A lot of different races do this. But for some reason, this is another cultural thing that black people have decided to own. Like dogfighting is their thing, is our thing. And I don't know why that is. You know, I mean, I, I'm not, ex- I've never experienced it. But when I was a kid, I remember people talking about their pits and fighting other dogs. I remember that. I remember people in church, to- not church, but like kids I hung out with who lived in D.C. Mm-hmm talking about it so i know it's a thing people do and i remember thinking oh okay you know what i mean like i never saw it i never understood what it was until later on in life but it just doesn't make sense to me like why did we come to own this like why is this our our like why is this another thing that's our thing you know like why can't be more stuff like black people love watermelon or black men have huge cocks like why can't it be more (laughs) stuff like that not like black people love to fight dogs yeah, you know? more positive stereotypes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If you give a stereotype, they really love fried chicken. I'll take that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know what's going on, man. I and I, I've always wondered what about that hell? myself. I never, I would never understood why black people are like, oh yeah, dog fighting's like our thing or something. Like I don't. And 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 look, it's not that it's not that like there was like some broadcast that went out there was some meeting. They decided yeah. at the meeting one night. But 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 you, but you know what I mean, right? Like Michael, like to you, appearances have it that it seems like a thing that black people do. Like black people, are the ones that are always getting caught, and like you know, right. what is going on? You keep typing. I don't know. I can queue up a video if you send it to me in uh, Hangouts. Do you realize I, I can hear that? You realize it's talking, right? You're not going to hear that. When it says channel blower, play a video, right? You fucking <laughs> oh, fuck with I disabled all the sounds in mine because they, they were very we're, annoying. We're, so. we're breaking the fourth wall or whatever. We're having oh a, a, some and internal the drama. Video the video is in the show notes there. It is yeah, but my, which one? What are you talking fourth about? fourth link in extras. It's okay. another 20 minutes of newsroom. No, it's not. But anyway, so yeah, so yeah, James, you're right. Obviously, more than just black people do. um, Yeah, but we seem like notably to be the standouts for it. And it's like Malcolm X, I don't know. And I I love the thing you, Michael's fucking comment, the way he put here, he's like, Malcolm X's legacy. (laughs) 
And yeah. you just hit it right <laughs> on the nose there, which is like, it's just so sad, you know? Like, this is what... <laughs> What is going on? Like this is like black people should hang their heads in fucking shame right now over this. I mean, not and all as a black, black man, are, are responsible for the, what these two people. No, did. you're right, but this but. is like fucking. It's embarrassing. This is so embarrassing. Like just, Malcolm X is a great man, and this is the fucking shit that his legacy has to deal with. These two fucking clowns who are like, yeah. We're going to be niggas to the day we die. Like, come on, man. Excuse my <laughs> language or the use of that word. I'm just saying it's very frustrating when you see this kind of mm-hmm. stuff. It just doesn't make sense to me, man. It's just furthering the negative association. Yeah, exactly. It's like Muslims. Like It's like, oh, these Muslim men cut off a girl, a 12-year-old girl's pussy lips. You know, they were like, we have the right to. You know, every Muslim should be like uh, fucking appalled and be like, this is just fucking horrible. You know, of course, and, they, and then of course they probably would be. But I'm just saying, it's the same reaction for me. You know, it's yeah. disturbing and like stupid and like, why? Anyway, I'm sorry. Done. Nope, that's fine. Um, next in here, I have a a link to a book. Uh, this is just more of a more of an intellectual curiosity than anything. Now, this is not the Great Gatsby. It's a, but it is very close. It's called Gadsby, G A D S B Y. It's by an author, Ernest Vincent Wright. It was published in 1939, and it is called a lipogram. And what that means is it was written to omit something. They put a, he put a constraint on himself. He there's no the letter E is not anywhere in this book. Oh, you, I I remember you told me about yeah, that. Yeah, you talked about this before. So, yeah. So it's fifty thousand words, and nowhere in it is the letter E. So it's just kind of interesting. I I did get it on um, Kindle. It is in the public domain, so you could probably find a copy of it online somewhere just for free. I may I may the one on Kindle I may have bought you know for like five dollars or something. Um, so it's just interesting, and um, yeah, it was like you know there were, at the time they were like it can't be done. It's impossible. It can't be done. So this guy was like, all right, I'm gonna do it. I think people still now would say it can't be done. Just, just if you to, told somebody about this, right? Can you write a book without the letter E? Fifty thousand words, people like impossible. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, I think I, I I'm looking at this. I'm like, this is bullshit, bullshit. <laughs> like the letter E appears like five times in the front of the book. There's no way he has the rest of that book. There's no low E's in it. You know what I mean? <laughs> and there's another book, um, that's inspired by this one that came out later. Called, it's it was really originally written in French, but they translated it into English. Also, it's called. That's the one you told me about. It's called Avoid. Uh, it's not called uh, Noel, a novel about Christmas not using the letter L. <laughs> uh, hey, I like, I like your uh, like your little wordplay there, Evan. Maybe that'll be an an IO panel lipogram. <laughs> so this you know, don't you mean an ipogram? Hmm. Oh, so this one is a 300-page book, originally written written in French without the letter E. The person who translated it into English imposed the same restriction on themselves. So even the English version of this French book is without the letter E. How hard must that have been? 
<laughs> like not only like not I mean it's one thing to create something new with no letter E's, that's already probably hard. But then to say take someone else's created works, translate it to another language of different meanings and sayings, and also omit the letter E. Like that's equally a fucking momentous challenge to be done there. That's he deserves a fucking hurrah for that one too. They also yeah. and this it's also this one's also been translated into other languages. One of them being Spanish, and in Spanish they omitted the letter A, which is the most common letter in Spanish. Jesus. So, you know what we call that? We call that mental masturbation. True. <laughs> You're funny, Evan. I mean, there's no there's no reason to do it other than yeah. to see if you can do it. To do it. Well, yeah. Which is fine. There's no reason to climb a mountain either, unless you just to see if you can do it. I mean, what's yeah. That? I mean. You can climb it to jump off. There you go. There you go. Roll, that's roll what I roll down. That that would be. <laughs> that's what I hope that everyone does when they go on top of a mountain. Just jump off. Jump off. You'll be all right. Do it. Do us pussy. a favor, bro. Yeah. <laughs> At least consider it. <laughs> Think of the children. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I uh, I have the the thing queued up. If you're ready for okay. that, Michael. Yeah, um, this is an interesting, interesting little video I found a while back, and I was just reminded of it recently. It's uh, it's about the afterlife and how it could potentially be ruined by lawyers. Um, how long is it, Evan? It can't be that long. Two minutes and forty-four seconds. Okay, I say we go ahead and just play it. All right. Welcome to life. We regret to inform you that your previous existence ended on January the 14th, 2052, following a road traffic accident. However, your consciousness was successfully uploaded to the LIFE network by your primary care provider. You may be experiencing some confusion. Please remain calm. LIFE contains... Your mental state is being temporarily adjusted in order to calm you. Please remain calm. LIFE contains over 30,000 unique activities networking with millions of other digitized minds, and the ability to contact undigitized friends and family. Please accept these terms and conditions in order to continue life. Your attention is particularly drawn to Section 2, Usage Rules and Limitations, Section 9, Privacy, and Section 11, Restricted Mental Activities. Thank you. Please select a life plan. Tier 1 is our premium offering, allowing full, uninterrupted simulation of your pre-terminal state. It includes unlimited modification of your body plan, accelerated learning and recall, and full personal backup facilities. Tier 2 is our advertiser-supported offering. It contains many of the features of Tier 1, but at a significantly reduced cost. Some areas of the environment, such as the sky, may be replaced with targeted advertising, and your personal brand preferences may be altered to align with those of our sponsors. Tier 3 <laughs> is our value offering. Thanks to our commercial partners, your experience at this tier is unlimited. However, some activity sensors and visual rendering options may be subject to a fair use policy. More complicated mental processes, including subconscious thought, creativity, and self-awareness, may be rate-limited or disabled at times of significant server load. <laughs> Thank you. Your stored mind contains one or more patents that contravene the Prevention of Crime and Terrorism Act of 2050. Please stand by while we adjust these patents. Your stored mind contains sections from 124,564 copyrighted works. In order to continue remembering these copyrighted works, a licensing fee of $18,000 per month is required. Would you like to continue remembering these works? 
Thank you. Please stand by. That's pretty good. Copyright. These are being deleted. <laughs> yeah, it's actually Welcome really... to life. Do you wish to continue? <laughs> that's good. It's actually a really scary future that's probably going to happen. Except instead of calling life, it'll be called iLife or Apple Life or some shit like that. Oh, yeah. No, that's what's going to be. You know that. Once they get your fucking... Think about this. Once they get your brain into their equipment on their servers, their lines, and not even Apple, Google, all of these guys, you're fucked. Oh, okay. You, you I know, thought you that, were restricting it to Apple for some reason. No, every company, because you're going to be on their shit. The only way to do it is for every person to have fucking have like a family server on your own house network, and then that's it. You know what I mean? Like you have a family cloud, and you rent the cloud, and you can store whatever you want in the cloud unrestricted, you know, and you have your family's minds go up there. That's the only way to do it. The vibe of that video reminded me a lot of, like, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Yeah, mm. it does. But it's a pretty good video. It's interesting mm-hmm. to interesting to watch. Yeah, interesting to think about those kinds of things. I yeah. feel like that's a comedian's thing or something. Some comedian wrote that or something. There's another video that accompanies that it goes along with it or something. But, yeah, it's, it's pretty good. Well, there's other videos by the same guy up there. Yeah, there you go. That's That's what I thought. Yeah, and I think he talks about it or something. But anyway, yeah. Did you did you put it in the in the thing? Show notes? Yep. Excellent. Yeah, it's in there. Excellent. All right. So what do we got here? Things ain't half bad. James, take it oh, away. Yeah. Um this is just really a link to the to the uh to the to the uh cracked the cracked podcast. They had a guy on there and this is the guy who they had on there is actually one of Michael's favorite guys. Um, Kevin, Kevin Wong. He wrote, he wrote John dies in the end. Oh, David Wong. Oh, okay. David Wong. Yeah. Who I found that is not some Asian guy, but actually just some white guy. Yep. That's his, uh, pseudonym or anonym or patronic, I don't know, something in him. Pen name? Pen name? Yeah. That's his pen name. Pen name in him. Um, yeah. So anyway, they have him on. He talks about a bunch of walk fucking wild shit. And honestly, his outlook throughout the thing, you know, his whole thing is like, he's like, hey, look, people always say that I'm like this really crazy optimist. He's like, I'm not an optimist. I'm just a realist. He's like, and he talks about something that we've talked about plenty of times here. You know, the facts don't lie. You know, like, you know, people are afraid of terrorists. He's like, you're more likely to be killed in a car accident than killed by terrorists. You know, um, he's like. People, you know, people are afraid of terrorists. People are like, oh, terrorists are like making war on us, that kind of thing. He's like, and basically, he, the one interesting thing he says about that, which I kind of never thought about, but it's totally true. He said, the war that ISIS makes on. Are you okay, man? What's going on? I'm great. Okay, you're like trying to find a, your cat or something. I don't know what's happening. Sorry, if you guys see Michael on the screen, he's like shifting all over the place, spinning around his chair, Fucking like. Fidgets McGillicuddy. Well, yeah, man. For a very long time on a very hard wooden chair. So. Well, that's whose fault is that? Yeah. The chairs. You need to <laughs> knock over some of those shelves and sit on those. Thanks, Obama. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Thanks a lot, Obama. So, <laughs> so anyway, um, he kind of says, you know, okay, so um, ISIS, they pick a soft target. Like, they go to a shopping mall. 
and they shoot a bunch of kids and women and children and and police officers and whatever, and then they all get killed in the end or arrested. You know, and the at, at the in the end of the game, they've killed thirty five people. The end of and the he's game? like, at the end of the day, whatever, they've killed thirty five people. And he's like, people hear about this kind of thing and they're shocked and mortified and appalled, and they're like, ban Muslims, and they're yelling about all this kind of stuff. He's like, and that's what their war is. Okay, he's like, if America goes to war with you, you know, if France or one of these other countries goes to war with you, you know, going to war. And he's like, he's like, and his whole the whole theme of this thing of his talk is like things were things people anyone who says things were better in the past is an idiot. Okay, across the board, things are much better now in every possible industry, genre, field, whatever. So he kind of says, if France went to war with you in you know, the 1830s, it meant, you know, a thousand, hundred thousand plus troops crossing your border and working their way to your capital and raping and pillaging their way all the way there. Like a wave you, of destruction. Yeah, like a wave of country. destruction. Yeah, exactly. Going across your country. Exactly. He's like, now in 2016, ISIS makes warn you they kill 35 people and they might do that four or five times in a year. And people were all shocked. He's like, we're spoiled. He's like, we don't know what war is. You know, he's like, if America wants to go to war with you right now, your capital city is going to disappear in a flash of bright light. You know, <laughs> he's like, he's like, he's like, terrorists, terrorists can't even play ball on our level. He's like, they're a joke. He said, like, there's something to be laughed at. They're a joke. Everything they have done is like, they're just picking up scraps. They're just, you know, grabbing at the hem of the skirt, trying to pull a little meager piece for themselves, you know, but really they're just nothing and nobodies. And they're just like these bottom, you know, and he kind of goes on to like really insult them, like to a high level. But it's very interesting. It's a great talk. And I never thought about some of these things that way. He talks about cancer. And I'm a great person who's complained about how we haven't done anything with cancer. But he's like, he's like 1.3 million people have been saved by the cancer, the small cancer treatments that there's been tons and tons of since like 19, I don't know, 80 or something like that, or 1992 or something like that. So he's like, there's just a lot of small things that, you know, we don't hear about. Like, it's not like some massive change, but really in reality, we're doing really good and we've made a lot of, you know, growth in all kinds of fields. So that's what this the whole thing is all about, and it's a good podcast, worth listening to. It's definitely a good use of your time. Um, and I haven't read John's dies. John dies in his end. John, John dies in the end. Or this book is filled with spiders, which is his the other book, the, the sequel. The sequel, yeah. But um, I've read a lot of David Wong's stuff on the on uh, the Cracked. He writes articles on Cracked, and they're amazing. So he's written a lot of good articles. So definitely worth checking his work out and checking out the podcast and hearing him talk about the all books, this craziness. The books are great, honestly. James, I don't know if they make audio versions of his books, but you would love his books. Yeah, you've been telling me about that for a while, and I've been meaning to like go look. I haven't even looked for an audio version, honestly. I, I should look. They made a movie out of John Dies at the End. Really? Um, yeah. Yeah. You'd like it because there's soy sauce in the movie. Oh, uh, it's, so, it's such a ridiculous. Honestly, I mean, the book is ridiculous too. The movie is ridiculous, but the problem is it, it wasn't completely low budget, but it wasn't the highest budget on the planet. So right, and they also obviously like every every movie that's based on a book, they had to cut a lot of stuff out. Right. So, so I was like, man, they cut out like this whole part. I was like, what the hell, you know, like so. Well, it's like Forrest Gump, and if you read the Forrest Gump books, did you know that his character is an astronaut? 
in the books? No. Yeah, he goes. He, he's an astronaut. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot. <laughs> there's a lot of craziness that that they just don't hit in the fucking movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. Once again, reminds me of Idiocracy. Justin yeah. Long. It's like, don't worry, Scrote. My wife was tarded. She's a pilot now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. James, this yeah. next thing is great. Let's talk Do- about it. Doomsday in style. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So this is um, survivalcondo.com. And I found this. <laughs> I found this actually through his book, um, through not his book, through that through the podcast. The guy who does the podcast with who did it with David Wong was talking about them, and I had to. I looked at it and I was like, "This is fucking awesome!" And it's basically survival for the super super rich. You know what I mean? It's it's a it's a sil- basically Silicon. A lot of Silicon Valley guys are getting these now, and it's a super deluxe, amazing condo, luxury in a missile silo. Um. Cool website. Can't afford any of it. Check it out. They have their own like tactical response team, and there's a pool and all kinds of craziness. I mean, it's it's nice, and there's several different units. And will you know. they be connected to Elon Musk's subterranean superhighway? Uh, who knows? Hope. Yeah, yeah. But look, the the shitty one, <laughs> the half floor unit. Um, million and a half. Yeah, million and a half. Full floor, three million. And the other one doesn't <laughs> penthouse doesn't even say. I'm I'm sure that means like half a floor on like a ho- like half of a hotel floor worth of space. But in my head, the first thing I thought of was like it's a normal house layout, but all the ceilings are like five feet tall. It's like well, you have to be hunched over while you're walking through it. It's like, it's like <laughs> being John Malkovich. Exactly. Let's see here. They got pictures of it here. It looks like a it looks like apartment. Just yeah, like no, a regular these apartment. Look nice. These look nice. It looks better than my apartment, honestly. I'll be but completely I'm pretty honest sure. I mean, of course, you know, you'd have to put a lot into it. But there's there are missile silos. I want to say you can buy for like three hundred thousand. Yeah, there's a bunch of them actually, and they're, but they're of still course selling. It's going to be, you know, it's not going to be like a finished apartment like these are. Yeah, and you have yeah. to outfit it to live in. Yeah, there's the one that's in the Adirondacks. That one's been on sale for years. I've seen it come up. It was I saw it as low as five hundred thousand. I think like 10 years ago or 15 years ago. And then now it's like 1.7 million or something like that. And that one has a, has a, a house sitting on top that's fully decked out. And then it has a, its own airfield that's on another piece of property, but they used to be connected, but they said you could buy that property too. And then this, the, the missile silos underneath the house and that's all decked out and cleaned up and nice inside. Hmm. So that one's an old one. And there's one, a bunch of the, old Atlas missile sites that are in Texas and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of craziness. We we found out actually, Michael, you were there. We I was talking. Oh no, you weren't. You didn't talk to the guy though. I talked to a guy. He's used to be a FedEx UPS driver, I think. And he's kind of turned into an amateur historian of our area. And he said that there's like over on Snoffer school road. I don't know if you know where that is, Evan, you know, you probably don't remember that anymore, but it's out here in the like, kind of past Potomac, I guess, or something like that. There's a, uh, what does he say? A Nike missile silo there that they just basically <laughs> buried it over. A Nike you know? missile? Yeah. What is that? It's 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 the missile they used before the Atlas uh, intercontinental ballistic missiles. Okay. It's just the previous generation. Um, and they apparently they had them all up and down the East Coast. They're all over the place. So, does it swoosh down upon the enemies? 
No, I think the Nike was designed to create a missile shield around Washington DC metro area. That's so that's awesome. what apparently yeah, that's why they're all around apparently here. Apparently they're all over the place. So Yeah. There's Maryland slash District of Columbia and there's a bunch of them. There's actually a bunch of them. Wow. Like all here. Hmm. It's like cool. Gaithersburg, Durwood, Rockville, Herndon, Fairfax. I had no idea. I didn't either. I mean, I, f- I feel I'm pretty upset that, you know, I didn't learn about this until I was 39. Yeah, dude. Why don't they you teach know? this in high school history? That'll, like, yep. get people interested. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they should. That'd be awesome. You go to a f- go on a field trip to a- an old missile silo. That would be awesome. Well, I Evan, do something about it. I will. I will go oh. back to school, get my education degree, and in 15 years, I will affect the youth of the nation uh, when it's too late. Here you go. Underground party party layer shut down. Abandoned missile silos next next to the web track has become a secret teen hangout. <laughs> yeah, they uh, and the the police are like the party's over. Half a century ago, it was the nation's last line of defense. One dozen Nike missile batteries protecting Washington D.C. against Soviet invasion. Yeah, damn kids and your music. <laughs> I'm sure there's a way to buy one of these or buy a property that one sits on or something because they they haven't filled them in enough and they just like kind of like closed them up, buried the poles, and said, "Okay, see you later." James, you know? I, I want you to research something for next week. It's called. It's we're all familiar with it. Please research squatters' rights. Oh yeah, absolutely. I will. Oh, so I'll learn all about not it. Not a thing. No, it totally exists. In in movies in the eighties, <laughs> it's a plot device. Maybe there's some truth to it though. All right. Well, we'll come back to that. All right. So uh, James, you put a link in the in the show notes here for that. Uh, that X going to give it to you meme? Yeah, the video is... I've had a lot of t- hard, hard time finding the meme, and this guy details them all in the video. It's 40 seconds long. But I think he does this on purpose. Every time <laughs> every time he reads one of the memes, the the audio gets shittier. And I, I, I don't know. You have to listen to it to see, but it's really bad. So I would say but the, the, it's up there for you to read. So you just like put mute the volume and then just read them so you can read them. That reminds me of uh, the thing that went viral about the B movie. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes. <laughs> yes, exactly. I watched that, and I was like, why am I watching this? Yeah. Yeah. Mike, are you familiar? Say it again. About the 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 video that went viral about the B movie? No. Which is like a bug's life, but it's with bees. Right. So what someone did was every time they played the B movie... But every time they say B in the movie, they speed it up. Hmm. So it was just interesting. That's what it, I thought of that when James said every time he says uh, X or whatever, the audio gets shittier. I was like, oh, it's like the B movie. <laughs> yeah. I see. Yeah. So some of these Nike sites are on uh, there where there's um, clearly like Fort Meade, uh, Annapolis. I guarantee you that's at the at the Naval Academy. Protected areas, Akakik, which is that's a military base. Um, Lorton, Virginia. You know, there's a prison out there and nothing else. So I don't. Maybe there's a prison there. Um, yeah, Dur- Laytonville, Durwood. There's a military facility out there. I went out and fixed copies of that copiers at, 
And I don't know what the fuck they do there, but you can't just drive up there. It's a secret shenanigans place. Um, and they have they have this underground, those bunkers where only the front of the buildings are exposed. The rest of them are all underground. They have rows of those there. Hmm. So um, that's a military base. So most of these are on military bases. I guarantee the one in Gettysburg is at uh, is at NIST. You know, so I'm sure most of these are on on government property. It's too bad. I'd like one. Well, start digging your own hole. Yeah. Look, a bunker. I I just saw a thing on uh, the Chive where these people they bought a house and the the realtor was like, uh, yeah, this house has a. Uh, a unique feature when they go in the backyard and there's a there's like a 60s era bomb shelter nice that the guy made and it's like nice like it's like a concrete pad with a like steel door or something you know you pop it open climb the ladder down and it's like this huge thing with several rooms awesome yeah it's it looked pretty tight i was like that's awesome that is awesome. Yeah. Looks like we have uh, a lot to shoot for. Mm-hmm. Anything else you guys want to talk about before we uh, close this out? Oh, Valentine's Day is coming up. Aw. Is that is that all? You just wanted to... Are you doing anything special for us? <laughs> Are you doing anything special for me? I think is the question, Evan. Bro, all the time. Every day, man. Every day. Like, you're my thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, we're just gonna, you know, if we haven't already, we're gonna start seeing the increase of the all the nonsense surrounding that. Yep. But um, okay, we won't be swayed. Good. Right? Yep. No cooties for us. <laughs> exactly. Correct. James? I'm sorry, man. I'm reading about... uh Exhibit? No. No, definitely <laughs> not. <laughs> I'm, I'm reading about uh about missile silos. Yeah, no, I have nothing, nothing else, man. It's always a pleasure to, to party with you guys uh, every Sunday night, and I uh, look forward to next week. Good. Is that what we're talking about? I don't know. Yeah, we're we're uh we're doing our classic trail off at the end of the podcast. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Well, everyone, thank you for joining us. You can check us out at iopanelpodcast.com. Send us any feedback. Feedback at iopanelpodcast.com. Check us out on Twitter, Facebook, MySpace, Instagram. No, I'm kidding. We don't have a MySpace or an Instagram. But uh, we do have Twitter and Facebook, so definitely check us out there. Uh, you can scri- subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play. I just added us there. Yay. Um, and also just directly on our website, islepanelpodcast.com. Definitely check us out. Let us know how we're doing. If there's anything you want to hear, if there's anything you don't like, you're like, man, you guys suck. Let us know. Leave a <laughs> comment. Send us an email. Let us know. All right. Well, till next time. Adios.